and welcome to Bygones, the Ali McBeal Rewatch podcast. I'm Laura Jane Parker. And I'm Eleanor Parker. And we rewatch every episode of Ali McBeebe through 2019 eyes. <laughs> A <laughs> McBee. That's what I'm calling her now. Don't even try and stop me. <laughs> I wouldn't dream of it. Uh, <laughs> so deadpan. I wouldn't dream of it. I wouldn't dream of it. Um, yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, anyway, how do we get past this? How do we go from A McB <laughs> to see you later? <laughs> sure. How are you? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been a while since we've sat down together to do yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've had food poisoning. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's You've a little not. bit my fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, last time we recorded, we went to Brighton and Anna took me to one of her favourite restaurants and I got food poisoning for 10 days. Yay! So that was fun. <laughs> and now the restaurant has closed down. <laughs> Uh, we Literally. don't know whether it's because of that, but we have a strong suspicion. We have our suspicions. <laughs> so thanks, Laura Jane. Sorry. I was very ill. You were terribly ill. Yeah. It was no joke. But yeah, it was... I'm all better now. You are. You are. Yeah. So um, this week we are watching uh, episode 17 of season two. Yeah. Civil War. Yeah. Things are... Going down in this Avengers episode. Civil War. Ali McBeal, Civil War. A McBee, Civil War. Stop making A McBee happen. <laughs> I want to. Okay, so Civil War first aired 5th of April 1999. Okay, yeah. Okay, so the UK number one. You haven't said cultural stuff. Oh, okay. Cultural stuff. I thought that was implied. <laughs> We don't know when to put in the jingle. Okay. Well, there we go. We now know. We interrupt this program for Eleanor's cultural stuff. Brought to you by the 90s. The decade more problematic than it looks. Okay, so UK number one. Yeah. Bewitched. Oh, is it Say La Vie? Nope. Is it? Say the V. They might have, but because Not. the episode wasn't aired right. around that time. So remember, there are weird gaps. Yeah, there are weird gaps in when these um, are aired. What about uh, what was their second single? It's not that one. What was it? I think it was Roller Coaster. Roller Coaster. No, not that. Today's the day. Na, 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 na. Roller Coaster. Come on. Yeah, get yeah. along. Do you remember we did that? Song <laughs> on a Do you remember that Christmas when we did yes. like a whole performance of it? Eleanor, remember it? I choreographed it. <laughs> She really did. <laughs> it was great. I think it's. I'm a sure video our grandparents enjoyed it immensely. It's on video. There were four of us. It worked really well. Embarrassing. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's not that one. Uh, blame it on the weatherman. It is. It blame was. it on the weatherman. That's like their fourth single or something, I think isn't it? So yeah. even the third or fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's quite a slow one. Yeah. The rain goes on and on again. I love that song. Yeah. I yeah. Like it. Great. It's all right. I've had both their albums. <laughs> I owe ho 
collection. So I don't think we can say that they were bad. I think they were really good. Okay, US number one mm. was Cher. Well, it won't be Believe. It was whatever single she did after that. No, it's Believe. Believe! It's Again? Believe. Yeah. But it was, that was number one around Christmas. I think it was in the UK. Oh. I don't know whether it came out first in the UK and oh. then came out in the US or whether it was just slow to be picked up in the US. They're always a bit behind. <laughs> always ahead of the curve. Well, um, you know, Brits, Britpop was a big thing at that point ish wasn't it i don't know was it i don't know maybe we just love share i don't know okay 31st of march uh the matrix is released oh gosh and also 10 things i hate about you is released as well yeah 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 both great films yeah the matrix groundbreaking so the matrix is a funny one because i have seen it but not all at once as in, I've what? seen it all, <laughs> but it's taken several view. Like, for some reason, whenever I've sat down to watch it, I didn't see it at the cinema. I've only ever watched no. it on DVD. Yeah, same. Um, and I've never got all the way through a sitting. What? Because something's always happened. Like, I've always been with people watching it, and something's right. happened that's meant that we've never got to the end. Got so I feel like I've watched the whole thing, but never, but it's from piecing Doesn't together different pieces in my mind. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. It is weird. Yeah. It's a great film. Yeah. I don't not like it the it's first just, one's yeah. great yeah um and 10 things i hate about you with heath ledger mm, yeah no, i love it good good and joseph gordon levitt and the girl from alex mack <laughs> <laughs> yeah and julia styles and julia styles Every, everyone used to say that whenever there was that question like which celebrity do you look like people always used to say julia styles for me for a while really which i never saw because i feel like she's I kind of see it. Also, she's a lot skinnier than I am. Actually, I, I kind of see it. Kind of. If you squint and stand like 10 <laughs> paces <distance>. away. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No offence. Yeah. Um, no, it's a great film. Though. Okay. Third of April, Lionel Bart, the creator of Oliver the Musical. Oliver, exclamation mark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and who was described by Andrew Lloyd Webber as the father of the modern British musical, dies yeah. at the age of 68 from liver cancer. Oh, sad times. One of our favourite mm. musicals. I love it, yeah. What's that, 50 cuffs? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we see it together on the West End with Ryan Atkinson? We did, play yeah. Pagan. Yeah, yeah that was, was great. Brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. I'm reviewing... <laughs> the situation <laughs> and the fella be a villain all his life <laughs> and I used to think when I was little that um, Harry Seacombe as Mr Bumble in was that, like our granddad <laughs> no not like I thought it was granddad <laughs> I was like oh so granddad made a film once that's nice <laughs> how did that happen boy boy for sale He's going what? to cheap. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, <laughs> probably, we, probably because Dad pretend tried to sell you to Granddad at one point, and a it's lot gone of stuff got conflated in, in my mind. Yeah, uh, and also Granddad was mayor when he yeah, was, of course, when we were yeah. little. So his like mayor it's robes very similar, looks very similar to Mr. Yeah. Bumble. <laughs> Plus, he's got the same face as Harry. He Seacons. does. He does. It's very, very similar. Yeah. So, you know, 
I don't think I was far off. I lot. don't think you. I mean, are have we crazy. ever seen Harry Seacombe and our granddad in the same room together? I think. Well, not. then, thank you. Case closed. <laughs> okay, eighth of April. Bill Gates' personal fortune makes him the wealthiest individual in the world. <laughs> when you said that, I heard it as Bill Sykes. <laughs> became the wealthiest individual in the world. Oh, that can happen. Stranger things. Due to an increased value of Microsoft stock. <laughs> um, 8th of April as well, debut of the BBC children's series. And I don't know whether you watch this, but I remember Is it the this. Demon Headmaster? No. Oh. It's Miami 7. Yes! I know yeah, featuring the man- S-Club! Yeah, featuring the manufactured pop group S-Club 7. <laughs> the series combines drama and musical performance and is intended as a vehicle to launch the group's musical career when their debut single is released on the 7th of it's June. very clever. Very clever. And it was like the it? first, first one thing of, to do that. Yeah, and they, they threw a lot of budget at it because they actually they went actually to Miami. Miami. Yeah. It wasn't just like Bogner Regis no. pretending to be no. Miami. Yeah. Which is unusual for a British pop band, I well, think. Uh, unusual for a British BBC children's show. Yeah. Well, like, it's never been done before, Never been done before. Um, well, uh, well, but, well, there are bands that have had TV shows but not had like the I monkeys. don't think they I think they were about or in those cases they were usually a band first and then they got a TV series off the back of their popularity I've not I, I could be wrong I don't know actually I think the monkeys were a TV show first before being a group were they well you know who we're gonna have to ask about this is I'm with the boy band podcast because they um deep dive into boy bands um, and work out where they came from and tell the story of them. I don't think they've done the monkeys yet. They've done the Bay City Rollers. Right. Um, but I'll have to ask them about the monkeys. Yeah. It's a great podcast if you love anything about music or bands or boy bands. They're really good. Yeah, it does sound good. It's very interesting to find out the history of different bands and especially yeah. as you get into like the era of manufactured bands. Yeah. It's like all the machinations that went on behind the scenes and like why some bands made it really successful and some just didn't. Didn't. And it's just really, really That's interesting. interesting. Yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. That sounds good. And they're lovely ladies as well. So yeah. Amy. Amy listens to our podcast because she Aww. loves our so yeah. Aww. Hi, Amy. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, yeah, so maybe it wasn't the first thing, first time this happened. But, but it felt like pretty groundbreaking. <coughs> I don't know if that's just us because it's the first we time we like, saw it. <laughs> But it was a very uh, successful... Uh, it was hugely successful because yeah. all these kids watched this show on children's TV and obviously when you were a kid in the UK, unless you happened to have cable, which not many people did, no. it was only like rich families, um, you only had like BBC and ITV for children's yeah. programming. Yeah. And so it was like prime time kids TV time yeah. on the biggest channel for kids TV. Yeah. So you get all this little fan base of kids tweens essentially that just are obsessed with you and like boys and girls because it was a mixed group and then to launch a single off the back of that very smart very smart. And then they went on to do LA7, didn't they, after that? Yes, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they kept going with the TV show for a little bit. But yeah, I love I love the TV show. I very it was effective marketing. And obviously, <laughs> Hannah and John went on to do more acting after. Yes, they did. After yes, Club, they did. So yeah, no, it was very clever marketing. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> this probably won't mean much to you, but 9th of April, Isaac Hempstead Wright, who is famous for playing Bran Stark in Game of Thrones, oh, no, is didn't... born. Oh, okay. What? <laughs> I know. Mean, I don't like Eleanor. Look. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't mind you telling me stuff that reminds me of stuff that happened when I was young, but can we just stop <laughs> with the stuff that just reminds us of how fucking old we are? Because I can't cope with that. It's bad enough. I'd rather have more deaths than that. Well, here's some more children's TV. Okay. 12th of April, yeah. long-running children's animation television series, Bob the Builder, premieres on BBC ah! One. <laughs> At some point in the future, which we may or may not, ne- we may or may not get, depending on how the episodes fall in terms of their air dates, but Bob the Builder does release a single. <laughs> I can't remember if it went to number one or not, I but think I'm pretty did. sure it did. I think it was a Christmas number one. I'm pretty sure so it was we may Christmas have that one. next season. Yeah, of, uh, very Bob's. possible, yeah. We're talking about Bob the Builder and his music career. But voiced by Neil Morrissey, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was uh, very, popular. very popular. Is it still popular? I don't know. It's all about Peppa Pig now, isn't it? I think it is mainly mm. Peppa Piggles. Yeah, don't know. No, you're thinking the Wiggles is something else. No, I just called her Peppa Piggles. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Neither of us spend much time around babies, so we've got no idea what's the popular. No anymore. idea what's popular now. Baby Shark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Baby Shark in the Night Garden. I've heard is a bit insane. I've heard of Puppy Patrol. No, Paw Patrol. Paw Patrol, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I've heard, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, that is culture stuff. Yeah, very good. Yes. Okay, so let's not... Well, should we dive into this and see if we can blame it on the weatherman, as Bewitch says we can, or whether we can blame someone else? <laughs> Who could that be? <laughs> Um, so, we open and Billy is in Richard's office and he has clearly told Richard about what has happened because Richard is absolutely incredulous about the fact that he kissed Ali. Um, and Billy looks really ashamed about it and says, that's not to leave this room. And Richard's like, oh, come on, why have you told me then? And then as the camera pans out, we see a shot of the room and John is also in there and they're all basically drinking whiskey. John's in a chair with his feet up. Richard's just sort of crouching Yeah, it looks like it's after hours. They've all got their it? ties slightly yeah. loosened. Like, yeah. it's definitely informal it's boys stuff. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Billy's, like, on the floor, like, drinking. Yeah. Richard, for some reason, has a megaphone and he goes to, like, use it and he's, yeah. like, testing and then Billy, like, grabs the megaphone and pulls it away. Um, and he's like, because... I told you because you put your hand on my shoulder and somehow convinced me that you actually care about what's been bothering me. And Rich is like, that's not fair. I do care. But first I have to be honest. What you did with Ali, unconscionable for you to tell Georgia. You should never, ever, ever tell unless it's clear you're going to get caught anyway. Am I right, John? And John goes to answer, but then he just continues. He's like, before we get into that, let's talk about the kiss itself. She has a wide tongue, doesn't she? And he's like, I hate it when these women, those women have those thin, dry-like lizard lappers. Ali's looks plump. Wet, too. She has one of those wet, fat, juicy tongues, doesn't she? And John's just there, like, looking disgusted. And then Richard's like, John, you kissed her once. Fat and wet. And John's like, I'm not sure it really qualified as a kiss. (laughs) And then he says, I sucked it to ameliorate my own secretion problems. I gave her a canker. (laughs) 
And then Richard's like swapping stories now. He's like in full on share mode and he's talking about how he got carried away with a love bite once um, on a nipple and he broke the skin. Um, and then he's like, this is fun, sharing. Billy, your turn. And he gets up to get a refill of everyone's glasses. And Billy's like, no, I've shared too much already. Then John tells a story about how he once licked out a date's hearing aid. Um, and... And at this point, Billy's like, just looks like he's like, what the fuck am I doing here with these chumps? <laughs> like, I need to leave. So gross. <laughs> and whilst Richard and John still talk about this disgusting hearing aid business, and R- Billy ends up getting up and leaving, yeah. and they don't even notice they're no. continuing to talk, and Richard hands a drink to John, um, and he's like, well, what did she say when you licked out? And John's like, well, she wasn't happy. I tried to explain myself, but of course she couldn't hear me. Oh, God. <laughs> and so then gross. Richard notices that Billy's left, and He's like, look at that. We're here for him in his time of need. He walks out, and like they're all just like, oh, um, and then uh, they clink glasses, and he's like, you and me, John. And um, and I'm like, I can't believe Billy's gone to these jokers for advice, especially since he's previously in like the last few episodes been so convinced that they're not on his side. I'm just, yeah, that's true. And also, I'm really just odd. kind of like. Do you not have any other friends that you could confide in about this? Yeah. You seriously not... Because this is not fair to Georgia... No. ...that you are telling people in the office... ...that have made it... Yeah, who have made it very clear that they're like, oh, well, we're we're obviously not going to keep shtum about this. Like, you know, what do you expect? It's me. You can't trust Richard with anything. Yeah, I'm just like, this is... Why are you adding salt to the wound? For, I wonder uh, if he's Georgia. trying to start up more of a boys' club because he's been so worried about the fact that he's got this separation from them through <sighs> Nell and Ling. Yeah. That he's like, I need to bond with them more again. Well, this is not the way to do it. No, and it's really selfish. Yeah. Like, I, I don't have a problem with Billy talking to someone else about his problems. No. But <laughs> fucking think... Like, yeah, like, be considerate to your fucking wife, like, because you've not been thus far. No. <laughs> like, now is the time. <laughs> I think the problem is, is that David E. Kelly has no one else for him to talk to yes. in the universe of the show. Exactly. Like, there is no, like... There's no one else, yeah. So, uh. we've got this situation. But, yeah. So, after titles... It's the weekly meeting and Richard's going through the cases. So he says that someone called Sweatman is due in um, and he's got some trouble with the IRS. Um, and this is when we see that it's a slightly different vibe for the weekly meeting these uh, today because John is playing with some chopsticks and they're all handing around sushi. So I was like, this is this an is odd choice for a morning meeting, <laughs> like refreshments. <laughs> Um, so Nell's asking, um, Richard's assigning Nell to this Sweatman case and she's asking who Sweatman is and apparently it's someone called George Chisholm, he's a big client, probably a gland thing, so mm-hmm. i.e. big yeah. as in not uh, not big as in size of account but no. big as in stature. Yeah. Um, so he wants Nell to meet with him, Nell's looked disgusted the entire time and she's like wait a minute. I've got a thing about sweat. I don't sweat, personally. I never have. And I don't like it when others do. Ling's like, and I'm the same, so don't even look my way. And then she grimaces and goes, is he obese? Fat phobia alert. Yeah, like, I know. Also, this I don't sweat thing feels an awful lot like when women claim they don't fart. I know. Like, as if 
<laughs> they are they, they are like humans but better <laughs> it's just i mean we'll come on to this because i've got a lot to say as you probably know yeah, I will have. because it's that thing of like what you but like because i think there are conditions where you don't sweat like there are people who mm. don't sweat or don't but it's like a serious medical condition and it's a problem because it means you can't regulate yeah, your own body it's serious like yeah. it, it can like cause death yeah like potentially if it's not looked after but it's like that it's so like i don't believe two women were just in the same office would coincidentally both have the same condition well i don't think ling i i read it that ling especially because of what i know happens in future episodes but i read it that not that ling was saying that she doesn't sweat she was saying she was agreeing with the i don't like when others do right thing. yeah yeah like yeah, she yeah. doesn't like it yeah it yeah just it's gross get it away from me yeah, yeah like that so anyway what, richard yeah. holding a gyoza in chopsticks is like now he won't sweat on you and we need your tax expertise next up ali what's with the big kiss and everyone looks up at him like, and he's mortified. like, case, <laughs> bygones. And Annie's like, oh, well, she refuses to settle. I need some backup. And Richard goes to assign Billy to second chair. And then Georgia is like, no. And Richard's like, or not, John. And Annie's like, two witnesses. It could go quickly. And John's like, well. And then Elaine comes in and says, Richard, Harry Warr is here. He says it's urgent. So before they've decided what's going on with Annie's case, someone else has come in. So Harry Wah is pacing in Richard's office looking really angry um, and saying that his attorney said it would settle on the courthouse steps, but now he's saying that the plaintiff won't budge. And Richard is like, hang on a minute, your attorney? I thought I was your attorney. And Harry's like, yeah, you are. I threw a bone to my nephew because I thought the case was so silly and it wouldn't even get to trial, but now it is. So I need you to take over because my own son is on the line. Yeah. Um, and Richard's like, oh, of course, I'm going to pull everyone in. Let's go to the conference room. You can fill me in on the way. And they they walk out of Richard's office and they're kind of walking, talking through the, the complex. And Harry's explaining what the case is about. And he's saying, it's beyond absurd. Now, my son had this relations with this woman. And now she's claimed that he seduced her with fraud. And she's filed a civil date rape claim. And Richard starts laughing and Harry just stops and is like, do you think this is funny? And Richard's like, well, what's funny is we're representing that woman. And Harry's like, what? And he's like, Paula Hunt. And Harry's like, you're representing her. And he's like, oh, well, Ali is. And at that moment, Ali is walking past and Richard just grabs her. He's like, Ali, hi. And he's like, "Uh, dump your client. And Ali's like, excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Not possible. (laughs) And Richard's like, well, this is Harry Wah. He's a long-time mill ticket. It turns out his son is the defendant in your date rape case. And I was just telling him how happy you'd be to ditch Paula. And Ali's like, Richard. And then she goes, she's like, ha, ha, ha. She sort of lolls and like hits his chest like, you. And then she goes to leave. And Richard holds her shoulders and like pulls her back. And he's like, conflict of interest. You're suing one of our own clients. You have to withdraw, at a minimum, throw the trial. And Ali's like... <laughs> like I don't know where you even start with this shit. But Ali's like, the judge is not going to let me withdraw at this point. And I don't think like, he's going to let me yeah. throw the trial. Yeah, she was, like, I'll ju-, she was like, as for that, I'll just have to check. And she kind of tickles Richard under his chin and leaves, which I quite enjoyed. So I was like, yeah. And Harry's pissed because he's like, I've bought my business here for a long time. And Richard's like, Harry, trust me, she's not very good. 
And Annie looks up from nearby and Harry's like, I want this firm defending my son. And I wanted to come up to him and be like, honey, you, you don't. It's <laughs> like, that's so much better elsewhere. Do not, not worry. Not if it's Richard. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I was like, how dare you just undermine one of your employees in front of what you just so said is a big client? rude. Yeah, like, I just... Such a bad boss. It, it, yeah, like to openly do that. To do that at all, but then to openly do it, like, is terrible. Anyway, meanwhile, Billy is getting... Actually, it's not meanwhile, it's next. Because Billy get, is getting mad at Richard and Ali in his office. And George is also there too. And he's saying, we can't be on both sides. And Richard's like, why not? And everyone's like, what? Are you crazy? <laughs> and Richard's like, it can be done as long as the clients are aware of the conflict. And Billy's like, you plan to defend against Ali? And Richard's like, it's Harry Wah! And George is like, Richard, no judge is going to let a law firm be on both tables. And Richard's like, untrue, Georgia. As long as both clients sign off on it, it's... And Billy goes, and Harry Wah's okay with us representing the plaintiff. And Richard's like, thrilled. I told him that Ali stinks. Bygones. And I'm like, stop throwing your employees under the bus like that. And I was like, plus also there's also... Always with Richard, this like undertone of misogyny. Yeah, where he's like, of she's, so. she's a woman, so of course she's not gonna be any good. Don't worry yeah. about it. I got, I, I got this, guys. Like, yeah, it's just, yeah. Ridiculous. And I'm like, also, oh, you know that Ali does not stink. No, she's like fine. otherwise, she like, has many flaws. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but she's but actually not a bad she's lawyer. A competent lawyer. Yeah. yeah, completely. And Ali's like, and what if I win? And Richard's like. <laughs> Right, seriously, let's run it by the judge. I'll need to take a second chair. Georgia, how about it? Great, this will be fun. You and me against Ali and John. Fees on both sides. That's music. Off we go. Good lawyers, one and all. And he leaves. And I've literally never seen him looking so happy. Because he's like, I'm getting paid no matter what. No matter what, yeah. And everyone else just looks absolutely pissed. Yeah. Um, So Richard, of course, not paying any attention to the well-being and happiness of this uh, team. Um, So... Elaine brings George Chisholm, who's who's come to meet with Nell, to Nell. Um, and George, I should point out, is played by someone called Robert Costanzo, who has been in lots of things. <laughs> Robert Costanzo, you... did yeah. you say? It's <laughs> just because his character's name is George. Yeah. So it sounds an awful lot like George Costanzo. No, it's like... not. His name's Robert Costanzo. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he was in Total Recall. I don't know if you've seen that. He was like the best buddy of... Arnold Schwarzenegger's character right, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, he's been in Die Hard 2, he was in City Slickers, and most recognisably for me, he played Joey's dad in Friends in that one episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. The one okay. where he's having an affair. Yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Elaine brings George to Nell, and Nell turns around and sees George, who has a very sweaty face, and there's this, like, dramatic chord, like something awful has presented itself to her. And Ling looks up and her smile just immediately drops. And George is trying to shake hands to like say hello to Nell and he holds out his hand to another dramatic chord to shake her hand and it's dripping. And Nell kind of jumps and Ling grimaces and Elaine's like, mm-hmm. and I want to throw in my Fair enough. Because I, if you don't know about me, I am a sweater. Um, and I'm not just like, get a bit sweaty. Like I have a medical condition called hyperhidrosis. Now I've never been as bad as George no, here. No, no. But this is a 
demonization of it and it yeah. can fuck off as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Like people who have conditions like this have enough trouble without this depiction. No, in because the they are acting like they are disgusted with his entire existence. And it is horrible. It's so horrible. And I spent a lot of my most insecure years, like when you're a teenager and stuff, feeling like I just didn't know how I was ever going to function in public because how was I ever going to shake anyone's hand? How would I ever go to the gym and use a yoga mat where people could see that my hands had been sweating? How could I ever like lift my hands up when people can see that I've got sweat stains under my arms? Like it was a constant level of anxiety for me and stuff like this doesn't help no. by making you out to be just this big, fat, like, lumbering monster, Sweaty. disgusting, that nobody wants to hang around with. No one wants when to in be reality, seen with or touch or, yeah. But like, in reality, these days, as an adult, A, it gets it's gotten slightly better as I've gotten older, but B, it's really, like, hardly anyone ever notices. No. You wouldn't know. No. Unless you told them. And I do tell people, but usually to come out on the front but with it, because yeah. A, it's nothing to be ashamed of, but B, I don't want people being like, oh, why is she so sweaty? So I usually yeah. come out with it first before no. we've got a chance to yeah, worry yeah, about yeah. it. But it's just, I don't know, like the next bit when Nell's like, hi, and George is shaking hands with her, but he then goes in to put his other hand on top of it to give her like a double yeah. two-handed handshake for yeah. good measure. I was like, I can promise you that no one with hyperhidrosis or similar conditions is going to be doing that in a hurry. No. Like... I just could feel myself getting sweatier just watching it. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. It was just awful. Yeah, like, completely. I, I I did think of you as I was watching this. Because I was like, like oh, yeah, my sister's a sweater. Well, no, it was just like, because I know it's an, an issue for you, but I think it's that thing of like, like I say, I was just like, this is a gross, over-the-top portrayal of, of someone with a similar condition like it's really like that is not what that looks like no um and i felt i i it made me think that it must and, be a similar feeling to how you felt when you were watching the harry pippin episode yeah completely. as in you're like this is not my experience of yeah. being that person yeah and also just and also it didn't help that he's also a fat person yeah as well because yeah. you you're coupling two um, things fat, yeah two yeah. things together like um because you know uh, like you are not an obese person and it's, it's well actually of, technically medically i am but let's not talk about that <laughs> well you know what o- obese is is a really um if you go by controversial controversial word anyway in like yeah. the fat positivity movement like it's seen as a really it's a medicalization of a of a of just being fat yeah and and also bmi is a load of fucking well, is a this is, of shit if you've watched i oh, forget which documentary it was but i'm sure there are other places that that explain this other than i, I watched a documentary on netflix about diet or something but bmi yeah. was created by a life insurance um company well no it was created like the initial calculation it was created by a Belgian mathematician. Oh right, but it became yeah, popularized yeah, 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 by yeah, yeah. American like. But it wasn't company. even a biologist no. that came up with, no, with no, the no, calculation. No. It was a mathematician, but like a hundred or so years ago. But a life insurance company started using it because they realised if they could use it, they could charge people More. who previously had yeah. been considered healthy 
more money yeah. for their life yeah, insurance yeah, yeah. policies. It's got nothing it's to do with medical facts yeah. or he other health factors that are more important. Which is why, like, you know, they will they will look at someone's um, BMI and if it's high, be like, you're unhealthy, even when they're, they're not. Yeah. And look at a person's BMI and it's in the normal range, or yeah. be like, you're healthy, it's and they're healthy. not. And they're not, yeah. And exactly. they end up having something very seriously wrong with them, and, it and they're get like, picked up. oh, yeah. Oh, well, there's possible. There's no possible way we could have picked this up. And it's like, yeah, because you just looked at a skinny thing. person yeah, exactly. and decided that because they're skinny, they're healthy. So we've got sidetracked, but basically, all of this is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we have completely got sidetracked. Apologies. But um, yeah, like, it, it, it is a very, like, it, it, it's... The show is inviting the audience yeah. to um, empathise with Ling and Nell's yeah. situation. Yeah. Like, oh, um, poor them poor having them to take a having sweaty to hand. And, and inviting the show to laugh at their reactions and awkwardness yeah. in terms of like, well, yeah, that would be super awkward. Imagine having to deal with a sweaty person. Like, you know Thank what I mean? Thank God it's, I don't know anyone exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah, it's really It's just like bad. this othering of a condition yes. that actually is fairly common and not that much of a big deal. Yeah. It's fine. Perfectly manageable. The only time it ever becomes noticeable is if I have to watch anything to do with heights because that really <laughs> scares me and my hands just pull up. <laughs> you wouldn't know so it's fine um, but yeah so yeah Elaine just looks like she's enjoying the whole thing because she's trying to encourage George to shake Ling's hand next and Ling just blocks him with a book that she's holding yeah. like stops him from her and she, and she just goes yucky do and I'm like what and, and George's face kind of falls and she's like oh that's Chinese for hello and then she leaves she goes, and under her breath she's like eat caca like, like she's like gross yeah yeah um, but then Nell puts her brave face on it and she's like, let's go to my office. And George turns to go, but as soon as he does, Nell's face, like, mask of civility kind of drops. And she goes so after him, but she kind of picks up a piece of paper to dry her hand off, but it sticks to her hand and then she hands it off to Elaine, who's, like, trying to straighten it out. And there's yeah. meant to be this, like, comedic moment there. And I'm yeah. just like, no, none Fuck of this it. is nice. Yeah. So, objection. Um, so then we have George in Nell's office. And there's this close-up on Nell's face because her lip is kind of curled in disgust yeah. um, still. Um, George is e explaining that he, his, he's got an issue with the IRS um, because the, um, he's donated to a charity and took a deduction. Um, and the charity then invested the money in a cash life insurance policy for him, which is apparently okay, like it's not illegal. Yeah. Um, but the problem is the IRS is saying that it's kind of, you know, a loophole that they're not happy with. So they're investigating him for that, basically. Yeah. And as he's talking, there are sa the sound of, like, drips on the desk. And there's, like, this close-up of Nell's eyes watching him drip. Yeah. Um, and he sort of then turns to Nell and says, well, what do you think of the situation that I've just kind of outlined? And she goes, well, Mr Chisholm, can I be blunt? And he says, of course. And she's like, hmm, I'm happy to meet with the IRS agent, but he's probably going to want to talk to you. And he's like, well, I'm willing to do that. And she says, yes. But when he sees you sweating so profusely 
and he gets out this hanky to kind of mop mm. his brow and he's like it's always been a problem you don't even want to see what's going on under the jacket and she's like you're right about that and George is like I tried to control it I've even seen a doctor I mean should I be prosecuted for perspiration and she's like tell you what I'll meet with the IRS agent alone and I'll see what I can do and he says thank you and she he goes to um shake her hand again and she just looks at his hand and is like I think not and yeah. he's like Ooh. and she's like I'll call you though yeah and he leaves and I'm like just this it's I, just I really can do horrible. without this yeah you know? it's just really horrible and again yeah portraying fat people as super gross and disgusting <laughs> and I just the sweating it portrays is just insane it's like a cartoon like the amount of sweating that is portrayed on on screen like is insane <sighs> Yeah, it is a lot. I mean, I would say that I probably get my sweating from our dad, and he does sweat a lot. But Partly only when he is doing something really strenuous. Yeah, like that's true. I've seen, I've seen uh, our dad. Like I've like, seen his face be dripping before. Yeah, yeah, but only when he's been like mowing the lawn or cooking, cooking. in a hot kitchen yeah. or like you know, like it's really not just sitting there no, in air conditioned. Exactly, yeah. like not like that. Yeah. Like that. That is literally it. So it's yeah. Is you're right. It's, it's like a an exaggeration. Yeah. So. Then we have Ali and Richard in court and they're speaking with the judge to kind of get approval for them being able to argue both sides of the case. Um, Richard's explained that the clients are okay with it. Um, And um, he says, I would, however, ask the court for just a brief continuance. And Ali's like, no, I oppose that, Your Honour. The defence certainly can't be rewarded for replacing counsel at last second. And Richard's like, I'm not looking for a lot of time. And Ali's like, he shouldn't be getting any. And Richard's like, oh, move for cost, judge. She's moody. I was like, if I hadn't already used my objection, I would throw it in there as well. (laughs) Um, But Ali's like, no, you knew the case went today. Either you go or not. And the judge is like, all right, I'm at least satisfied that counsel will be dealing at arm's length. I'll let this go forward with you people on both sides. And the defendant's motion for continuance has been denied. We'll start after lunch. And Ali's like, ha ha. Like she punches him on the arm. Like I run the first round. (laughs) Yeah. So then at Starbucks, Ali is getting some coffee with Paula. Was it Starbucks? Because I thought it was like a corner shop. It looked like a no, shop it was, that they were in. No, because you know Starbucks sells those like... It sells products like coffee and like crockery and shit. Okay. So yeah, it was definitely Starbucks because I saw the logo. Um, she, I always check the coffee cup logo. Because it was one of those things where I was like, do they even have like a news Because it looked like a news agent to me. From, they do like... sell papers. Oh, really? Yeah, they'll have oh. like a paper stand sometimes. Yeah. Okay, that so. would be why then. Because yeah. I was like, does America have news agents? But you can know. also, it could be a new... Yeah, they do. Do they? Um, Hudson News. Yeah, they do have news agents. Oh, okay. Um, but the... The um, you, it could also be like um, a concession in a larger store potentially okay. as well. So you know, right. there's, there's all sorts of. But it was definitely I checked the Lego of the cup. Oh, I see. Starbucks. Right. Okay. So she's getting coffee with Paula, and Paula's going. I don't understand. You're going up against your senior partner, and Ali's like, "Well, I have my other senior partner on our side, and we are much, much better." And she says, "But Paula, the defendant, he's gorgeous." And Paula's like, so? And I was like, yeah, yeah. so? And mm, Ali's like, I know. I asked you if he was good looking and you said sorta. That's not sorta. He's great looking. And I think that the jury might think that you wanted to sleep with him. And I was like, 
I know. Is I it know. just me? No, it's not just or me. Or is Ali's tone, like, way too chatty and relaxed and, like, inappropriately insensitive for such a serious yeah. accusation yeah. of a case? Completely. Like, I get that she's got to make clients aware of the realities of people's shitty perceptions of stuff. Yeah. But she's making it sound like some kind of, like, gossipy game. Yeah, no, And Paula just... Uh, to me, Paula looked really worried and vulnerable, and Ali's just really like brusque and unsupportive. Yeah, I know. Like I wouldn't even have had that conversation in, in a Starbucks a where in that way, yeah. over here. A in that way and B in that place. Like it's just like, what the fuck are you doing? It was really odd. It was really odd. The tone of this entire conversation, uh, I, given it's a date rape case. <laughs> but anyway, Paula's like, I didn't. And he lied his way into my bed. And Ali's like, well, I say we're back to settling. And Paula's like, no. And Ali just looks at her like she doesn't believe her. And she's like, this claim is... And Paula goes, Ali, listen, he's rich. Settling for money means no consequences for him. He's got tons of money. I want the trial and the public condemnation. And Ali's like, for you to be this angry, maybe you really do love him, Paula. And I was like... <laughs> fucking angry at someone and not love them <laughs> I literally like your face is hysterical I just don't know what to it, do with her it, it, it's just it's incredible I actually it paused makes it makes it make sense Ali like I, just, I like I paused it at this point and I was just a bit like Like, you must have drained something when you made that stretch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Paula's saying she wants the trial, and I was like, okay, well, we'll see you back here after lunch. And Paula leaves, and then John comes up, and Ali's like, you're going to play this to win, right? Because I know that Harry Harry Wah is a bigger client, but you're going to play to win here, right? And John's like, Ali, I always play to win. And Ali's like, because I'm not, I won't... And then a phone rings, and I guess Ali's got a cell phone now as opposed to a pager. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think this is the first time we've seen it. Yeah, possibly. Um, yeah. She kind of goes, <gasps> and she like swooshes down to pick it up, and she answers it like all flustered. Yeah. And she's like, hello? And then she's disappointed, and she's like, oh, no, 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 tell her I'll return, and she hangs up. And then she goes to John, so I'm going to take Paula's direct, and you can cross Kevin. And John just looks at the, her and, and gestures to the phone and is like, who wasn't it? And Ali's like, what? And John's like, who was that just there not calling? And <laughs> Ali's like, what are you talking about? And John just does the, the tap of his nose. And the point, like, <laughs> point zone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's like, it's Greg. I haven't spoken to him for a week. And John goes, oh, is this related to your kissing Billy? And Ali just looks at him, horrified. And John's face is like, oh, shit. I wasn't supposed to say. Like, do you know what I mean? All of that just like crosses yeah. his mind yeah. in his face. And Ali's like, you know? And John's like, yes. And Ali's like, does everybody know? And you can tell John's like, how the fuck do I answer this? And he's like, yes. See, I was like, Ali, how have you not figured this out from the way jo- uh, way Richard had that Freudian slip like at, oh, the, yeah. at the morning meeting? Because certainly, because he went, oh, Ali, uh, how about this big kiss? Yeah. And, and... 
I mean, how... And she looked mortified yeah. when he said that. Yeah. And Georgia looked fucking pissed off. Yeah, well, I could Because I, I, I think Georgia was just kind of, like, immediately clocked it that clearly everyone fucking knows. Yeah. How is how is Ali now being like, does everyone know? <laughs> it's just like, yes! <laughs> you work with Richard and Elaine, and if Richard knows, you and can if bet everyone said, else knows. If Richard said how... To, like, how could you be, like, so dense as to miss that? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, yeah. Um, she's then like, oh, God. And, and John's like, internally. I mean, it doesn't mean that, that Greg knows. And Anna's like, oh, he knows. I told him. And John's like... You told him? And she's like, yes. And there's this gift moment <laughs> of a cuckoo coming out of John's, John's head. head. Like a cuckoo like, clock. Yeah. Um, and Ali's like, I shouldn't have. And John's like, Ali, a relationship is rarely more passionate than it is during the beginning. If you're kissing someone else during the beginning, Greg would be a fool not to run. And Ali's like, why can't you at least talk about it? And John's like, men and women have different rules and I was like do they John do they <laughs> yes but I'll tell you here's an easy one for men when your girl kisses somebody else nothing left to talk about and Ali's like that's a man rule and men live by it and John's like wisely and then there's another <laughs> cuckoo <laughs> without the gender segregation yeah. there because I think that's just like a general rule for a lot of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh, then Ali and Renee come out of the elevator at Cajun Fish with some lunch um, and Ali is explaining to Renee just how attractive the defendant oh, is because that's clearly all that's on her mind. It fucks me off. I'm like, um, he's being done for date rape. Just... The last thing I'd be thinking is hubba da hubba da. <laughs> I'd but... to anyone. Ali. Uh... <laughs> clearly that filter doesn't seem to exist for Ali. No. Um, um, she's at, then they reach Elaine's desk and Elaine's already on the phone and she's like, are there any messages? And Elaine just puts her hand over the receiver and she's like, uh, Greg still hasn't called. And <laughs> Ali's like, I didn't ask that. <laughs> and Renee follows Ali with the food into her office and they close the door and Ali's like, so why won't he call? And Renee's like, like she's had this conversation a million times. Yeah. And she's like, you could call him, Ali. And Ali's like, I did, twice. Third time, I'm a tramp. And I was like, Jesus what? Christ. I was like, I mean, it's, there does get a point where it becomes a bit much, but you're third, not... A, third time. You're not, but also, <laughs> even if it wasn't the third time, you're, doing so is not make you a tramp. Like, you were actually dating, and also, even if you weren't, like, you're not... What are you talking about? <laughs> and Renee points out, quite rightly, he is a doctor, he's busy, and you, you kiss, kiss Billy. <laughs> And Ali's like, like a child. Oh. She's like, I explained it! And Renee just looks at her like... And then she goes, why is it that a guy can cheat with his penis and get forgiveness, but I can't get any slack with a lip? And I was like... But Please. he hasn't cheated. Like, And also, she didn't really explain it. She just kind of was like... Oh, I don't expect you to understand. Yeah. I'm not really, I'm not, she really wasn't interested in him understanding. No. She was just like, can you just understand and not understand and just not give me grief for can this? Can you just like forgive me and like move on? Yeah. Can like, you just no. like get over it already? <laughs> and Renee goes, because he knows you and he knows that with you, a kiss is not just a kiss. Like you say, it has more meaning. And Ali's like, well, so maybe I should just kiss a few more guys to trivialise it. I could start with the defendant. And I was like, this guy is 
uh, alleged date rapist, Ali, what is wrong with you? You are... Like, there's something wrong with yeah, you. Yeah, because I was just like... Because she goes... Uh, Renee goes, is he really that cute? And she's like, spanky toy. Yeah, I was like, like I, I think like, I'm going to be sick. Gonna <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like... Yeah, like you say... Uh, I mean, at this point, I was like, yes, we do not know what this case is about yet. But just on principle... Yeah! Like, I do not like the way she is talking about an accused date rapist. Like, it's one thing to think he's really hot... It's quite another to loudly opine it in your office. And his apparent victim is like the person you are legally advocating for. So when you talk about him like this, you are saying loud and clear that you either don't care that he's a rapist because he's so hot, or you don't believe your client because he's too hot to be a rapist. You know what this reminded me of? All of the people talking about how hot Ted Bundy is when the Ted oh, Bundy thing yeah, came no, out. Yeah, no, it's terrible. I'm just like, this is needs to stop. But I mean, especially when it is, she is a lawyer representing yeah, the, got the an big, obligation. Like, yeah. By all means, like, like you need to keep your shitty opinions to yourself yeah. during the trial. Ali would be a hundred percent that person who just like tweeted shit about her current cases and. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in court today, defendant, day rapist, hummer the harder. <laughs> Hashtag sorry, not sorry. Like, no. It's just like, Ali, you need to be keeping your fucking mouth shut. Anyway. And I don't like, also, I don't oh. like how she's getting stroppy about Greg. Like, you are not the victim You here. don't get any like, rights for stroppy. He has... Every... No strop rights. Your strop rights have been revoked. <laughs> I just, he has every right to his space to decide what he wants to do and you owe him that. Yeah. Like, so you can keep your little hissy fits. To yourself. To yourself. Greg deserves better. He Justice does. for Greg. Justice for Greg. <laughs> so then the phone rings and there's a gif moment of like sped up footage of Ali reaching across her desk for the phone and sitting back down to make it seem like she's like, oh my God, I need to pick the phone up. You know what yeah. I mean? Um, and she's like, hello. And then she's annoyed. And she's like, oh yeah, thank you, Elaine. And then she puts the phone down and kind of slumps back in her seat. And Renee's like, call him, Ali. <laughs> and Ali just narrows her eyes at her. <laughs> I could never be Ali's roommate. It's just like no. a thankless time. <laughs> Renee is a goddamn saint. <laughs> Um, so then Nell is meeting with the IRS man in her office and they're arguing about uh, the kind of legalities and, and whether what this guy, her client, has done is criminal or not and therefore whether he should have any penalties. Mm. Um, and the IRS is saying he's not saying it was criminal and, and Nell's like, yeah, but you are talking about imposing penalties and that's punitive. And the IRS is like, well, I do have a hard time with his naivete. And Nell's like, well, the tax code is confusing. And the IRS guy goes like, oh, please, do you know how many times I hear that? And Nell's like, gee, could you possibly hear it a lot? Because it's the, the truth. truth. <laughs> and the IRS is like, don't get snide, Miss Porter. I have a short button with snide. And Nell's like, ooh, you have a short button. I'd love to see it. And the IRS gets up and he's like, I want to meet with your client. And before I sign off on this as an innocent mistake, I want to talk to him. Otherwise, you won't like the results here. And Nell's like a bit like, oh shit, fine. I'll warn him about your little button. And he leaves. And Nell just kind of was like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to meet him. Yeah. 
So then we have Paula being questioned on the stand by Ali and we start to find out a bit more about the facts of this case. Yeah. And it turns out that Paula was at a party and met the defendant and they hit it off and she's normally kind of shy but they had so much in common and they were talking and talking and she suddenly thought to herself, I'm probably going to marry this man. And Ali's like, you were thinking this the night you met him? And Paula's like, well, my mother always says when it happens, you'll know. And it's really embarrassing, but I've always believed that when the right man, when I meet the right man, our souls would connect even before a single word could be spoken. And Ali's face is like, <laughs> like she said the magic words to unlock like whimsical Ali. <laughs> but then Richard comes in like, oh, objection. That kind of sentimentality shouldn't go unpunished. Move for costs. <laughs> and the judge is like, I think I'll overrule that. Um, so then Ali continues and says, did your mother tell you that about the souls? And, and Paul is like, no, he did. And she's like, the defendant? And he's like, well, it was like he was speaking my life. For about two nights, we stayed up till dawn talking about everything. And then the third night, we made love. But then a couple of days later, he revealed the truth, which is that everything we connected on, he learned from my chat room online. And I was like, oh, chat room. Remember those? Uh, definitely in the uh, late 90s here. She says, I'm in a circle group of women and evidently he was in it pretending to be a woman. So all that stuff about souls connecting, I'd said that in the chat room and he used it. So... Now Georgia gets to question her and Georgia's like, did he ever force himself on you? And Paula's like, no. And Georgia's like, and in fact, right before you made love, didn't he ask you, are you sure you want to do this? And then Paula says, every man asks that. And I was like, well, good, because they should. <laughs> yeah, she's like, in some book, it turns women on. It's like, no, it's just basic consent. consent. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was an odd line as yeah. well. I was like, huh? Yeah. Um, and Georgia's like, did it turn you on? And Paula's like, the point I'm making is I thought he was somebody other than who he really was. And Georgia says, well, the idea that he might have been physically attracted just never occurred to you. And Paula's like, well, no, I knew he was physically attracted to me. And Georgia's like, did you find him funny? You know, his sense of humour, was he funny? And Paula's like, mm, not especially. And she's like, did you ever laugh at his jokes? And Paula's like, uh, yeah, I'm sure I did. And she's like, is it possible that you laugh sometimes even when you didn't think he was funny to be polite? And Paula's like, maybe. And then she's like, do you like football, Paula? And Paula's like, football? And she's like, yeah, you know, that game where the big fat guys block while the thinner one runs with the ball. You heard of it? And she's like, I know what football is. Yeah. And she's like, who does Terrell Davis play for? And she's like, I'm not a fan. And she says, well, did you not talk about football one night for a long time and you were really happy that John Elway was winning the Super Bowl because you used to live in Denver? Didn't you talk about football? And Paula's like, yeah, because he's a football fan. And she's like, oh, I see. You pretended to like football more than you did to impress him. And Ali's like, objection, this is ridiculous. And George's like, I'm just trying to show that everyone pretends a little. Some women even lie and some think they're blameless in life. Some even cheat. And Ali just jumps up like, objection, move to strike. And there's this gif moment of George's head morphing into a cat and yes. hissing. And then Ali does the same and goes, like yowls. Which is quite a, I think that's quite a well-known gif. I've yes, seen it a lot on yeah. Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, the judge is like, let's just keep going. And Ali just sits down slowly. Well, because Georgia was very pointed. That was oh, very she clearly literally turned Ali. around yeah. and said, somebody did cheat yeah, at her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Georgia says, do you wear perfume on your dates, Paula? You know, and, and Paula says, 
yeah, so, and George was like, so maybe you smelled a little bit better than usual, you looked a little bit better, you pretended to think things were funnier than they were, you feigned interest in things that he found interesting, are you sure he went to bed with the real you? And John gets up and he's like, uh, Your Honour, I must apologise, Miss Thomas has recently undergone a little strife in her marriage, I think it explains the inappropriate and cruel line of questioning. And I was like, no, John, this is my Oh, I'm yeah. so glad you did that. Because yeah. I was like, I, was like I could have gone for an objection for multiple things. Yeah. I was like, I was I'm just like, sure. what the actual fuck, yeah. John? Like, this is way below the belt tactics. Like, to use not cool your personal knowledge of her personal life in that way, I don't, I don't think it's unforgivable. Like, yeah. I don't think, like, and like, fuck, because yeah, that's the thing, it's like, it basically it goes on like Georgia well, goes objection. Well, she's rightly outraged. Yeah, she goes objection, and John goes. She's usually very docile and likable. <laughs> I hated that. And bit. and Georgia goes objection like, like that. Yeah, right like, off. yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, and then Ali gives this like little smirk. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck you, Ali, and yeah. your fucking smirk. Like if I was Georgia, I'd be quitting right now. Yeah. I'd be like, fuck you, asshole. But then also, I feel like Georgia shouldn't. Have have to be the one to quit like she's blameless in all of this yeah but you know what sometimes you just gotta look after you yeah, and your mental health it's, like it's, if, if so you are unfair. in a toxic so situation yeah like you have every right and and like even when it's like i have the right to be here and i have the right to work like without this kind of fucking bullshit sometimes you're like, never gonna get that no you're not you yeah. and you and you just have to cut your losses and yeah. be like well i have to put myself first and yeah. like I would I'd be leaving right now because like yes you're Fucking in trial well. John but you're also her boss yeah. and as her boss you have a, a, a duty of care to you, your employees you've only got access to that information because you're her because boss because her husband confided in you but that's you know that's and I just uh, it, that's it, privileged information yeah, that you should that not be using personal. in public in a professional context. Yeah. Or in any context, To really. get into her, like, fuck you and fuck that. That's not okay. No, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. George is rightly fucked right off and objected twice. And the George is like, all right, knock it off. And Ali smirks and we all want to slap her. So, <laughs> then they're all coming out of the lift, like, squabbling at Cajun Fish. Because um, George is like, how could you say that? You went over the line. And Ali's like, and you weren't. And George is like, oh, would you just shut up? And Billy sees from across the complex yeah because George just says that really loudly just yeah. like will you just shut up <laughs> and he like looks really concerned and Ali's like oh yeah. how dare you she's, oh, she goes what did you say and George is like I said shut up you've done nothing but yap since we left that and Ali's like I will yap all I want I'm a yapper 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 oh, and Billy's man. like what's going on and they all three, Ali, Georgia and Richard, all start answering at once and you can't hear what they're saying. No. And Elaine, Elaine comes up and is like, are we all fighting? And Ali and Georgia <laughs> and Richard are both like, quiet! <laughs> and Ali goes, you just wait till your client gets up there. And Ali goes to walk off and Georgia goes, what are you going to do? Kiss him? And Ali just stops in her tracks in the middle of walking off. And Elaine and Billy are like, mm. and Georgia looks very pleased with herself. Yeah. And Richard, and Richard like, leans in, he's like, low blow, excellent. <laughs> Ali just walks on and Richard goes let's go prepare Georgia and they go um, off somewhere and they walk past John and Billy and John goes it's ugly and Billy's like uh huh and like leaves and then Richard slides back up to John and he goes John you were a little out of line 
little. Um, and John goes, Richard, it was your idea to face me in court. Now there's a consequence to that. And Richard's like, which is? And he's like, you have to face me in court. And it's like, yeah, John, it was Richard that insisted in going up against you. So why is Georgia the one that has ended Throwing up under the humiliated yeah. in court? Like, John and Richard are so fucking irresponsible as employers. Like, they they know there's this huge personal turmoil going on between the three of their three of their employees yeah. and supposed friends. And yeah. rather than try and keep it as calm and professional as they can and in supportive. the workplace. Yeah. yeah, they are both actively stoking the tensions mm-hmm. in the office. Like they agreeing to do this case and putting two yeah. sides of that conflict on the different sides of the legal case, but B, in bringing that into it as well. Yeah, and I just feel like for Richard, I think he's just entertained by the whole thing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think for John, it's almost like sport. Well, I feel, I, I feel I like feel it's like, like all's fair in love and court. Yeah, you know? I, and it's like, no, it's not. No. That's not okay. It's truly like atrocious behaviour. Boss behaviour. It's atrocious <laughs> behaviour. Yeah. yeah, especially if you're a boss. Yeah, completely. Okay, so meanwhile, we're in Nell's office and George is there shirtless with his arms up while Nell and Ling have got aprons on and are painting in with like goo fuck no yeah <laughs> poor George is I there know. going I'm not comfortable naked and Nell's like and you think I'm at ease we need to do this and George is like what is it and Ling has one of those like protective breathing masks on too and she's like liniment to keep you from sweating and they kind of turn him around so they can do his back and George is like is this really necessary and, and Nell's like perspiration plays like guilt George if you sweat in that meeting it could cost you we need you poised and dry and Ling swears by this stuff and Ling is like I need more he's fat caca and I was like okay casual fat folk yeah and it's it's so horrible because he himself goes this is really humiliating yeah. and Nell's like I'm to Nell's credit she at least looks like uh, sorry, like, like yeah. she's like, I'm really sorry, but we do need you dry, and I do get it. Like they do, they do need like sweat will play to this IRS man as he looks guilty Nervous and guilty. And, yeah. But there must be a more dignified way of addressing that. Well, certainly than having parades. They, they could. Hey, you know. I mean, the first thing is uh, your tone and yeah. your attitude towards him. Yeah, needs a big fucking major adjustment because when he goes I'm not comfortable like this she's like and you think I am it's like yeah but you're not fucking naked in someone's office and vulnerable like yeah like like they come to you for help and all you've done is humiliating yeah like and he's paying for this like what the fuck like I just no not okay don't like it so meanwhile Georgia is drying her hands in the unisex and Ali walks in and walks to go to a stall, but she kind of stops just before she opens the door um, and addresses the situation with Georgia. And it's like, listen, I know you still, you and I still have some differences. And Georgia goes, as well as some things in common. And Ali's like, okay, I just hope we can deal with it one-on-one and not air it out in court. And Georgia quite rightly goes, like John was doing. And Ali's like, he was stunting. I'll talk to him. It won't happen again. And Georgia just sighs and she kind of looks into the sink and it's like, Georgia? And Georgia looks up and she's like, I'm sorry. It's not easy to... The truth is, I do consider us friends, Ali. And in court, it's probably not a good thing to think of opposing counsel as your friend. 
So in a way, it's probably just easier for me to look at you as, I don't know, a conniving backstabber who kissed my husband. And Ali's like, oh. And I was like, and then Georgia gives this real like mean girl smile. smile. And like, and, and Ali's like, I see. And she goes to touch the stall door to go in. And there's this growl, like Ling-esque growl, yeah. where Georgia, I guess, doesn't want her to use that stall. So she goes to the next one along and uses that instead. Yeah, I didn't know what that was about. I was like, is that someone's stomach? Like, no, it was, I, it was like, a, I think it's the first time we've heard a growl, but not from... But it wasn't Ling. clear who it was from. It was from Georgia. Was that's why Georgia? Ali was like, okay, I mean... But why does she not want to use in that cubicle? I don't know, it's bizarre. Like, it's really weird. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make much sense. But anyway, I really love the way Georgia plays this. Because I'm just like, she comes across as so sincere and warm at first. Yeah. Only to be like, you dumb bitch. Did you really think I was going to let you off the hook with this shit? Well, like, I, I really think... love that switch that she did on her. She does that. <laughs> A lot. That's, like, quite often her go-to um, retort with yeah. Ali. She'll, like, pretend to be, and then she'll just be like, no. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, she's within her rights. Yeah, sure. I'm complete... I am totally team Georgia in this. Yeah. Like, I just... Be as sarcastic and mean girls as you like, Georgia. Go right ahead, because Ali deserves yeah. every... Every inch of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then we have John knocking on Richard's door um, and ask, saying, when is the last time I truly offered you advice? And Richard's like, never. And he goes, check that. I'm thinking of the last time I truly took it. What's up? <laughs> and John goes, well, you and I are friends, albeit we typically zig and zag in different directions. And he says, I'm concerned that this trial, I'm worried about the fallout. Like you said, Harry Warr is an enormous client. And uh, how do I put this? And Richard's like, just say it, John. And John's like, I'm better than you. I fear that this trial could cost us a major client and could jeopardise our friendship. And I'm like, that's all you're concerned about, not the other shit show that's going on with your employees, but fine. Um, and Richard goes, okay, because you're better than me? And John's like, yes. And Richard goes, and you think you'll beat me? And John's like, yes. And Richard's like, let me tell you something, John you can't possibly overestimate how much you <laughs> underestimate me. And if you're under the impression that you'll overwhelm me with your little stunts, understand this. I'll be all over you the minute you try. I'm not your underling in there. You have nothing over me. And under the heading of, and John's like, Richard, there are just far too many over and unders <laughs> going on here. My point is this. No one beats me in court. You won't beat me in court. And he goes to turn to leave, but Richard's like, hey, John, and that he goes around his desk to face off with him and the bells start up. And he's like, may the best man win. And John's like, so you agree? And Richard's <laughs> like, you're really an arrogant little guy, aren't you? And John's like, I object to the term little and my arrogance is simply anticipatory. It coincides with the prospect of certain victory. And Richard like moves in close and he goes, I promise, whatever happens, I won't let it affect our friendship. And John's like, fine. And Richard's like, fine. And then we get ding, 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 ding. The bells, yeah. Climax. Um, so, yeah, as much as I'm not enjoying the fact that they're being completely irresponsible bosses with this case, yeah. I do enjoy this. 
Well, it's very clearly like, you know, uh, John is again doing more stunting and like mind oh, yeah, games trying to, with Richard trying to put yeah, yeah, yeah completely yeah, that's exactly it's, the point that's and I'm happy is. with him doing that with Richard yeah because he's not, not bringing g- his personal no, life into it he's not exactly. like oh you've got daddy issues yeah, and like no, shit exactly. like that which he could do if yeah. he was really unscrupulous but, but he's, he's, yeah this is just like normal trash talk yeah I think is perfectly fair. yeah fine yeah yeah, yeah completely completely so the next day, George is back at Cajun Fish in Nell's office with her and Ling, um, and he's in this snazzy suit, and he is completely dry, and George is very excited, because he's like, I didn't sweat all night, and usually he soaks the sheets, and he, like, opens up his jacket to show him how dry he is. Um, and then Nell's like, well, it's one thing not to sweat, but it's another not to do it under pressure, so Ling and I are going to ask you some tough questions. Um, so George sits as the two of them like stand over yeah. him and she's like I want you to hold your ground and try to stay relaxed okay and George is like shoot and now it's like Ling tough question and Ling's like hmm is it hard going through life as a soggy hog I was like <sighs> and Nell's like tax question <laughs> Jesus Christ so much fat phobia yeah. Yeah. For phobia, dum 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 Fat phobia is dum 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 dum. I don't know if anyone gets that reference, but I was trying to sing fat phobia to Disturbia, but I was like, I know I recognise the song. Is it Lady Gaga? No, it's Rihanna. Yeah. Maybe Love we can it. try and make that a thing. I can dumb, do a <laughs> like record a version of it with dumb, me dumb, going dumb, 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 dumb. That's amazing. Love <laughs> it. Um. So yeah. Uh, now <laughs> maybe every time someone says something about phobic, we should have just that dumb, dumb, <laughs> dumb, 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 dumb. That's phobia. <laughs> Do that. Yeah, no, let's make the jingle. Okay, let's do it. For fat phobia. Insert jingle now. Dum dum dee dum 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 What's the deal getting a charity to pony up your life insurance? Who are you trying to kid? And George is like, well, my accountant assured me. And he's like, is this some kind of a and around looking for fleet rates? Because your premium is through the roof since you walk around looking like you're a heart attack waiting to happen. And Nell puts her glasses on. She's like, Ling. And Ling's like, if he survives me, Nell, we'll know he's ready. How are your paws? And they like, look at him. Um, so... In the courthouse, Kevin, who it is the defendant, is on the stand being questioned by Richard. Um, and he's explaining that uh, his, uh, well, the key to getting, <laughs> Richard's like, lucky. Um, and Kevin's like, no, notice, the best way to make an impression is to make the girl feel that she's the most interesting person in the world. And to do that, you kind of have to find out her interests. And Richard's like, so that's why you went into her chat room. And then Richard goes, I think what everyone here really wants to know, Kevin, why aren't up to it? It's not like she was ever going to find out. Why this overriding compulsion <laughs> to be honest? 
And John gets up um, and he's like, Your Honour, I believe counsel has confused honesty with a sleazy, dirty trick. And Richard's like, objection. And the judge is like, Mr. Cage. And John's like, I apologise. And he sits down. Um, and Richard's like, Sir Kevin, come on. And John jumps up and he's like, objection. Oh, I'm sorry, Your Honour. I was anticipating a leading question and I jumped the gun. He often asks leading questions where he can't trust his witness to volunteer truthful answers. It made me gun jump. I apologise. <laughs> so Mr. Cage is all over the trick. Yeah, he is all over Rich. <laughs> he's like fly on shit. He's just like... Um, so yeah, the judge is like, Mr. Cage, can we just get through this? So Mr. Cage sits. Um, and Rich is like... <laughs> thanks. Um, you did mislead her. And Kevin's like, well, I didn't tell her how I learned about her at first, but I did believe the things that I said. And Richard's like, that's sappy stuff about soulmates, you believe it? <laughs> and Kevin's like, yeah. And Richard's like, huh. <laughs> and he's like, well, and the sex you had. And he turns to look at Paula and he goes, was it good sex? And Ali's like, objection. And the judge is like, Mr. Fish. And Richard's like, well, according to my client, she appeared to have an orgasm. And the judge is like, the point being. And Richard's like, well, if she faked it, that makes her the liar. If it was real, winner. Either way, she shouldn't be suing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, one, it's laughable that Kevin's like, well, it looked like she had an orgasm. So, and two, eat like, you can, like, people do have orgasms when they're raped. I, yeah, like, that is a, a phenomenon. physiological response. Like, yeah, it happens. Yeah. So it, don't, it doesn't, it's irrelevant. Like, completely irrelevant. All of Richard's line of questioning is irrelevant, but yeah. Um, so the judge says the objection is sustained. So Richard's like, yeah, uh, seriously, Kevin, why? <laughs> um, meaning why you're own up to it. And, and Kevin's like, well, I'd seen her at a few parties. I wanted to meet her, but I'm shy. I just thought if I could learn some stuff, it would help me get a head start. It was really the real me talking. And it's the real me. And John's like, objection, your honor. I really must object. Polygraphs are inadmissible. And the judge's like, what? And John's like, this witness never took a lie detector. And the judge is like, what am I missing? And John's like, the fact that he is shielded from taking a lie detector doesn't mean that he shouldn't say things he wouldn't dare offer if he had to back it up with a polygraph. It's one thing to lie to a woman, quite another to lie about it after, and still yet another to lie about it under oath. I'd simply like the court to remind the witness he is, in fact, under oath, though admittedly, given his character, the warning may have little effect. In fact, I'm sure none. Permit me to withdraw my objection. Please continue. Oh my god. And the judge is like dumbfounded and Richard is wrong-footed, which yeah. is exactly what John the was The entire point, for. yeah, yeah. No. He's just making shit up to like put off Richard's line of questioning. Completely. So, all the lawyers file into an anti-room during a break in proceedings and John is leading them, feeling quite confident. Um, and Richard's just going, you're not funny, John. And John's like, I don't mean to be funny. My intent is simply to beat you, which we're doing. And George is like, you're not beating us. And John is like, oh, are you still here? And I was like, no. <laughs> I do like business, John, <laughs> Business, John. And George is like, what's that? to mean and John's like it means your presence is gone from this trial Georgia leaving the jury with him he exudes chauvinism you don't want to be leading with chauvinism in this trial I say we end this for 250,000 250,000 Richard's like are you crazy and John's like I haven't cross-examined your little boy yet Georgia's like we're not gonna pay you and Georgia storms out but she bashes against Ali yeah. as she does she shoulder just bashes on the her. shoulder yeah, yeah. yeah like a little like clip and Ali's turns around and is like, oh, excuse me. And George is like, what? 
like feigning ignorance. Yeah. And Ali's like, don't bump me like that. And Georgia's like, what? And Ali's like, you just bumped me, Georgia. And Georgia's like, oh, I didn't mean to. And Ali and Georgia just look at each other with narrowed eyes yeah. as Georgia turns to leave again. And I don't like this. I mean, I get that Georgia's within her rights to be mad at Ali. Yeah. But I hate what this whole situation has done to Ali and Georgia, which I'm now um, going to call them hashtag galley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I am so mad at Billy about it. Because, yeah. like, they're angry at each other. They're not angry at Billy. I'm no, like, Billy they, deserves they both, to have yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They both... But I feel like Billy's part in this is being, like, ignored. Like, George is just not speaking to him. Fine. Like, absolutely fine. But he's not getting the same level of hate that Ali is. Hostility. And but he deserves I, the yeah, same he, level. He does. But at the same time... I do feel Ali deserves this level of hostility because she has been terrible to Georgia. Yes. In the after, like I the agree. fact that she she just she just expects that. Well, I I came and apologized, and I really like you, and I want to be your friend, and I'm oh, really totally, sorry. Totally, totally. So you know, like not can giving we, her any yeah, space. Like, nothing. can you just be my friend again? Can like, you just forget about can it? you just forgive yeah. me now? Because I feel bad. I feel really bad. Yeah. Um, so can you just like forgive me because I feel really bad? And it's just like fuck you. No, I agree. Like, but I'm annoyed that it's just. The imbalance, I suppose. I'm not saying that Georgia needs to tone down how annoyed she is at Ali. It's just that I'm not seeing any kind of hostility towards Billy. Well, I think she's just freezing him out. And I think the the difference is, is Billy is has does not appear to have done what Ali has done. What, as in I, I feel like, Yeah, I feel like yeah. Billy is actually sort of stepping back a bit and being like, I get you are fucked off with me. I'm going to wait. So I'm just, I just need to wait for you to cool off a little bit before I can approach again. Whereas Ali went straight in there immediately, yeah, yeah. immediately. Yeah, and was just like, forgive me, forgive me, please forgive me. I feel so bad. I feel so bad. Well, I just feel like, like Billy did all, I mean, Ali had a role to play for sure. She's in no way innocent, but Billy started this whole thing off and yes. I'm just, Mad at what it's done. Like this is where Galley are at, and they used to be so much better. Yeah, and it's no, so sad. I, I, it's sad, but I kind of feel like Ali totally has this coming. I am to I, I, I'm just like you. The, the, the reason she's giving you more shit is you won't accept her anger at you in the first place, her rightful anger yeah, at you in yeah. the first place. You're like, you're just like, oh no, I cannot possibly have you she's not, not like me. She's not doing anything to neutralise it or let it yeah, wait, fade you, away. She, she's, she's just stoking it, you know? She's not being like, <laughs> she is not, I have not seen her go, you know what? Georgia's angry and she's got every right to be, so I need to suck up, like, her looks at me, I need to suck up the passive aggressive comments because you know what like i kissed her husband yeah so i uh, these are the consequences of kissing yeah, your friend's husband your like yeah. so uh, if if i want any chance of repairing it i have to accept and suck up my consequences for my actions yeah like because that's what being an adult is yeah and she has not she has not done that. She every time, like when Georgia has been 
fucking angry at her. She's been like, Mom, what are you looking at me for? Like, mm, mm, like, how dare you be so mean to me? Like, I'm just like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. No, you need to take, you You deserve this anger. Yeah. And the fact that you feel like you don't makes you deserve more anger. Right. <laughs> I just feel like, I guess I feel, I'm not, I'm no way saying she doesn't deserve that anger. I, I absolutely think she does. But I'm not seeing the same but like I say, I think Billy. it's because Billy but, and Ali but have I mean, approached the aftermath of Georgia's feelings in different ways. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. that has one, what he just knows that he just needs to like let her be for a bit because yeah. it's too raw. But like Georgia shoots, like even when Ali's not doing anything, she'll shoot looks at Ali where she's like, Ugh. yeah. Well, well, but she doesn't shoot those looks at Billy where she's like, Ugh. I just feel like what this plays out at is Billy ends up getting away with it scot-free. And I'm like, I, I, he deserves to be held to account as well, you know? But I think it's because he... He, he like skirts under the radar. But he makes a show of being ashamed of what he's done. He does make a show of that. Ali is not no. doing that at all. It just annoys me Ali has, has like played the game. Yeah, you know? no, he has. He has played the game. But that's what you do if you want to repair what you had. But if I take it, forget how they handled the aftermath, because I don't, it's not like I disagree with you, I don't. If you look at it from the start of this whole thing, I would say Billy is way more to blame in terms of he's committed the worst wrong. Yes. As in, he instigated all of it. Yes. Right back from season one, he yes. was grooming Ali yes. for this. Yeah. He instigated to make sure and engineered that he was there, right? Yes. When she was at her most emotionally vulnerable and, yes. like, made her believe that he just wanted to do it because he was, like, in love with her yes. and all this stuff. He's the worst. Yeah, he is. But because Ali has not handled it well, she's getting a bigger punishment. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm annoyed yeah. at that, I yeah. suppose. I, yeah, and I, I understand that. But I'm I'm just kind of like, it, your refusal to take your lumps, the, the lumps that you deserve. I, I'm not saying she shouldn't have lumps. I'm saying give Billy lumps too. There's but, more but, than enough lumps to go around. I feel like she wouldn't, she wouldn't accept the initial... Okay, so you've you've done something horrible by betraying your friend... You refuse to give us space. You refuse to... Yeah, I'm uh, not negating uh, any yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want people to be lumpy to Billy. Just more lumps to <laughs> Billy. I just want us to get all the lumps. Some at Ali and some at Billy. Like, line them up and lump them. <laughs> I, I think it is now, at this point in time, yes, Billy is the absolute worst, as we have <laughs> spoken at length that. But... At least he has the self-awareness to look fucking ashamed about what he's done or act ashamed. I think it's self-awareness. I think it's self-preservation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's aware. Like the worst villain. But he's aware that he can't be like, I won't get over it by now. Like he, he. But this is the this is the worst type of villain behaviour because this is how they stay around insidiously yeah, yeah, in people's yeah. lives. I just want well, someone to kick him. <laughs> I completely understand why Georgia is going harder at Ali than Billy but right she's now. She's missing the bigger threat. But but it, it's but Ali is is 
fucking insufferable. Yeah. And and no more so when she's done something wrong. And yeah. and she will not take ownership of that and be like, yeah, I've been a fucking cunt. So yeah. I need to take the consequences of that without without complaint. Yeah. Can you do that for no. like no the, for any like length of time can you do that without complaint penance for anything yeah no she can't she can't um she's like is that enough now it's like you don't get to decide that yeah no you don't um and i and so i i i would get more and more angry at a person that was like that yeah so yeah that conversation after Ali and Georgia have their run-in, um, John says, Richard, I urge you to settle this case. And Richard disagrees and says, you're not winning, we're not settling. And John goes, fine. And Richard goes, fine. <laughs> okay. So, Elaine is peeking through a crack in the conference room door, spying on the IRS meeting. And then yeah. Billy comes up behind her um, and asks how it's going. And Elaine's like, well, they've been in there for a half hour, I guess we'll know soon. Um, and in the room, George is talking with the IRS man with Nell and Ling either side of him. Um, and he's looking kind of moist, but he's not dripping. There's no. what I would call a sheen. Yes. Um, and the IRS guy's questioning him. And uh, I won't go into all of the no. tax detail, but um, Nell's kind of helping him out by saying, you know, what he was doing was pretty widespread. It's not something that George has come up with as like a novel idea. Um, and um, the IRS is like, so you consider yourself in terms of your the stuff you were doing to be an incentive to promote charitable giving, so you consider yourself to be coming from charity here? And George is like, yeah, I really do. And the IRS is like, well, tell me about this offshore trust you have. And George is like, well, that's legal. And the IRS is like, well, I understand it's legal. I just want to know why you'd be moving money out of the country. Are you worried about our banks collapsing? And George is like, no. And the IRS is like, well, why then? And then there's this ominous chord because Nell turns to look at George's brow, which starts to show beads of sweat. And as George starts to answer the question, there's a bell strikes because Ling has noticed the beads too and Nell sort of gasps. Um, And the IRS is continuing to question him and all the ominous music starts. And Nell and Ling are kind of looking at each other as the music increases in like tension and the beads start to drip down his face. Um, And then the IRS is asking him about how he's divorced and that he pays alimony and and child support. Um, And George has got beads all over his face. And there's lots of close-ups on his sweat drops as he's answering more and more questions. Um, And there's one bead um, that starts to form in like this drip on the end of his nose yeah. as the IRS is asking about movies um, and why he deducts the amount he pays for tickets. And George is like, well, I'm in the advertising business. I have to keep abreast of cinematic innovation technology. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. This guy. <laughs> but then finally, there's this dramatic cord close up on everyone's eyes whilst the nose drip has finally built up yeah. enough moisture and weight to drop and it lands in this like slow-mo big moment to dramatic music (laughs) on the table so yeah he's he's sweating he's it's not gone well he's yeah sweated so john is now questioning kevin on the stand um and john's asking him that uh he's like you don't deny that you deceived this woman 
and Kevin's like, well, at first, and John's like, do you sleep with a lot of girls, Mr. Wah? And Richard objects and says, relevance, costs, sanctions, badger. And John's like, it goes to his state of mind if he's a believer in free sex. And I'm free like, sex. <laughs> that Miss Hunt does and Kevin's like of course not and John's like well in fact you knew her to be pretty conservative did you not um, and Kevin's like well I knew her to be discerning yes um, and John's like is that why you resorted to fraud and Richard and Georgia object and the judge overrules it John goes ever use that date rape drug Mr. Wah and Kevin's like of course not and John's like well why not that drug only works to loosen inhibition didn't you accomplish that with lies and Georgia and Richard jump up and go <laughs> objection and John's like, Your Honour, I take offence to the double objections. Two wrongs can hardly make a right here. <laughs> and the judge is like, I'm getting tired of this. And Georgia and Richard sit down. Then John tells one of his little stories where he goes, I'm reminded of a story of two brothers. Now, one became romantically involved with a pen pal. And after two years of writing his love, he told her he was coming to her city to at long last see her in person. Now, this other brother, aware of the scheduled liaison, went first. She met him at the door. They kissed, retreated to the bedroom. Wasn't until the next day she discovered she made love to the wrong brother. All fair? And Kevin's like, no, but that's different. And also, and also made up! up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, John goes, could you lean a little forward, Mr. Watt? And he leans forward and everyone like cranes their necks to hear what's going to happen as John also leans in and screams, It's not different! <laughs> Mr. Wah, are you sorry for what you did to Miss Hunt or not? And Kevin's like, I'm sorry, but... And John's like, thank you. I have nothing further for the sorry witness. <laughs> <laughs> and Ali smirks oh and John goes God. back to his seat position, but he kind of goes nose to nose with Richard, who's still stood up yes. projecting, and they kind of sit, continuing to stare at each other. <laughs> like they kind of come out of shock by moving down together. Yes. So very funny. But, I mean, sometimes when John is stunting, as it is, like, uh, it's extremely funny. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> um, 
So then Harry was in Richard's ear as they get out of the elevator at Cajun Fish with Georgia. Um, he's kind of going, he's better than you. And Richard's like, he's not better. And Harry's like, he grilled my son up there and neither of you did a damn thing to help. If you don't win this case, you're fired, Richard. Do you hear me? Now, what does that tell you? And Richard's like, well, if we lose, I hope it's big. The contingency will offset your lost business. Bygones, I need to prepare my closing. Oh my God. And then he and Georgia move on from George as Elaine kind of comes up behind and Elaine's like more fighting and Richard's like quiet yeah yeah. George is mopping himself down with a towel in Nell's office um, and he's kind of debriefing with her and Ling on how it went and Nell's like well it isn't over but George is like he wasn't convinced and Ling's like you were sopping and George is like all those deductions were technically permitted under the law and Nell's like yeah but this one's a little dicey and George is like, are you saying I could be prosecuted? And I was like, well, I have one last meeting with him. I'll see if I can make it go away. And George is kind of like really deflated. Like, I was terrible in that meeting, wasn't I? <laughs> and Nell's like, well, let Ling and I talk it over. We'll see what we can come up with. And she kind of sees him out. Mm-hmm. And as he leaves, she's like, it was a disaster. And Ling's like, Marsh likes you. Who's the IRS guy? Yeah. She's like, you know this. He does. Let your hair down tomorrow. And Nell's like, I'm not going to win just by letting my hair down. And Ling's like, but you might. And Nell's like, I don't want to win that way, Ling. The only thing worse is, and Ling goes, losing. (laughs) And they kind of look at each other sitting side by side on Nell's desk. And I was just a bit like, female looks are not some magical superpower. Like, it's really problematic, this trope, because it leads misogynists to think that women can't have a disadvantage in the workplace because all they have to do is let their hair down and they could get what they want. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, it, you know, there is evidence uh, that, you know, attractive people do get more beneficial treatment. Yeah. But there's a difference between that and being like, so you're going to do whatever I want? It's like, no, like that's not how it works. Like you might get someone who's more willing to help you with your bags or something, yeah. but you're they're not going to be like you. You can't just look at them and be like, and your life savings. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> you know I, mean? it's, I just find it it's just very unhelpful, and I think there are some men in the world that actually like low key think this is a believe thing. that this is true, and like so therefore women can never be disadvantaged, especially you know attractive women can never be disadvantaged because they can just like use their turn on. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, like no, like you may get a nicer treatment, but you don't get anything you want no. whenever you want it like just by yeah letting your hair like yeah ridiculous so john is pacing working on his closing in ali's apartment um whilst ali is drinking a glass of wine with renee because she's obviously not doing anything on this case yeah. <laughs> um and he's there because um ali's explaining to renee that the on office feels like enemy territory because like him and richard really want to beat each other um, and Renee's like, Richard and him, you and Georgia, your office is becoming a hot little place to work. And then the phone rings and Annie gasps again and there's this big swipe cut and dramatic chord plays as it lands on the phone. Yeah. Um, the camera lands on the phone, not the cord. Um, and then Renee is like oblivious to Ali's like dramatization <laughs> of this. And she's like going to answer the phone still like mid-conversation being like, I don't think this case and like as she's talking, Ali 
slow-mo <laughs> dives onto the sofa and gets her hand on Renee's just as she's about to pick up the receiver. Yeah. Um, and John kind of turns around because he's also like, just Ali like dying. <laughs> um, and Ali's like, let it ring three times. And then after the third ring, Ali picks up and's like, hello. And the phone, we hear a voice on the end of the phone being like, hello, this is Shirley Joseph from IT&T. And, which is funny because it's clearly a spoof of AT&T, which yes. is the actual phone company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and she's wanting to ask us some questions about customer service. And then there's this... <laughs> Ali's like, now is not a good time, Shirley. And Shirley's like, uh-huh. Is there another time that could be better? And Ali, there's this gif moment of Ali reaching into the phone, pulling out this woman's head by her hair. Mm. And she's like, how about never? It's never good for you. How about you give me your home number, Shirley, and I'll call you. Would that be all right, you annoying bitch? And then she like, let's go up ahead and slams the phone down. And John's like, da-da-da-da-da. And Renee's like, Ali, uh, call Greg. Yeah. And I was like, no, I don't even want to talk to him. I just want him to call me so I can hang up. And she storms into her room and slams the door like a fucking teenager. It's ridiculous. I, you know, I don't really like those things, like the joke of like being horrible to someone who's on the end of the phone. On the end of the phone. Like someone who's cold called you from like a company. Like. It depends. I, I, I just. Because it's just like, those people don't want to do that job. Like, it's usually... Like... It depends. If it's a company that has a relationship with me, yeah. I would never dream of doing that because they are just trying to do their customer yeah, service yeah, job yeah, and yeah. find out if you think their service is okay. Yeah, yeah. If it is, like, the the thing that's going on at the moment, a PPI company yeah. that's phone doesn't have shouldn't have my number. They've no. only got my number because they've got a list that yeah. is illegal. Yeah. Um and a call, cold calling me yeah. out of the blue, then I will slam the phone down on them. Yeah, I think but there's there's a difference between But I won't call them a bitch. Yeah, or no, 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 no. But that's what I mean. I don't have a problem with hanging up on like because uh, I sometimes get um like you think you're talking to someone but it's not it's a computer oh, yeah. like where they where you have to say hello and they're like hi na 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 yeah, and you're yeah. like oh this is a computer hang up yeah like um I don't have a problem with you just hanging up but it's like screaming abuse down no, the other phone I will like, often talk loudly phone. and firmly to those firms who call who shouldn't have my number yes, yeah. and I will be like you should not have my number you need to remove my number from your database Otherwise, yeah. I'll be getting in touch with you. For, the authorities will be getting in touch with you, and yeah. then like be very firm that way. Yeah, but I would never be abusive. No, I think, uh, and I think that there's a common sort of trope of a joke of being abusive to people down the phone who yeah. are just doing their jobs. Yeah. Like it's a shitty job. Yeah, like but they are just doing their job. Yeah, and it's just like this is, like, yeah, and you're just sh- like. You know, I've I've known people to shout like "fuck off" and get cancer, like and things like that at people. Nice. Like, no, it's fucking horrible. Like, and I so... know that people get that from companies like phone companies yeah. who you are a customer of theirs, yeah, and they're shitty. Like, yeah, well, cool. sometimes I have to, you know, in the work, I have to call up people who yeah. are, are are our customers, yeah. And get very, very angry yeah. that you've called them. Yeah. Like, and it's just kind of like, but yeah, you've, like, you are our customer. It's I not like I'm a random company. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Like, so it's just, yeah, I, I think it, I don't like this sort of joke that is quite common of just being like, yeah, you can be as shitty as you like. I think because we've people. both worked in telephony roles though, I think yeah. we probably feel it a like, lot more. Than uh, yeah, no, I, I feel real empathy for yeah. because usually those jobs are not well paid. No. And it, possibly the only job they could get yeah and yeah. yeah you are making what is already a shitty job much worse, worse they yeah. don't deserve to be told to you know they don't deserve abuse no you know uh, yeah anyway um so the next day john is doing his closing and he <laughs> he goes with um values we keep talking about values honesty is a value so is integrity and for Paula Hunt, the decision to love somebody, to make love to somebody, she put a value on that. As she put one on trust and the sanctity of sexual intercourse. Now this man, he lied to get it. I suppose we could say big deal, premarital sex these days. It's the 90s. It's free and easy. Again, with this free love <laughs> nonsense. And no doubt when he tells his story to his buddies, he gets the big high five. Got into her chat room, got into her pants. Ingenious. Well, Paula Hunt doesn't see it that way. She's not ashamed to say that sex should be accompanied by love and truth. And if that makes her a prude, fine. She'll wear the label. That's her right. But it was not his right to lose, use lies and deception to get laid at this woman's expense. That's what he did. It's as simple as that. As a result, she not only lost the ability to trust him, it's hard for her now to trust herself, to trust anybody. So values. We need you to attach a value to what he did. Now, I want you to put a big value on it, folks, because there's plenty of other guys who think that what he did was ingenious, and some of them may be surfing the internet as we speak, looking for your daughter's chat room. And he goes to sit down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he goes to sit down, and as Richard gets up to do his closing, he's, Richard's just about to start, and John spins around behind him and goes, attach a value to what he did. <laughs> the wrong foot Richard again um so then Richard just waits for him to definitely sit down and then he starts and he goes Venus Mars name of planet opposing council's probably been on it and John does his therapy smile <laughs> and he says but we talk about men and women as Mars and Venus it's because on some issues the two genders really are from different worlds. And I was like, oh, fucking hell. I know. Richard, is this the way you're going? So, Georgia, are you asleep? Like, why are you letting him take the reins I like Annie and Georgia did fuck all on this <laughs> yeah, cage. Cage? Cage. <laughs> Annie just stood there drinking wine last night and yeah. Georgia has done nothing but jump up whenever Annie said anything she didn't yeah. like. So, anyway. Um, Richard's, um, Richard's barely done anything, to be honest. But he goes, um, and when it comes to sex, please... Basic anthropology tells you that the female species instinctively looks for one mate, while the male innately looks to spread his seed with as many mates as possible to propagate the long-term survival of the species itself. Even a gay anthropologist will tell you so. <laughs> I mean, this is demonstrably false these days, right? Yeah, no, it is. It's completely wrong. It's been most, proven well, completely it's because all incorrect. of the, We've talked about this before, haven't we? Because yeah. scientific studies in the past have been led by men. Yeah. So they attach bias. Yeah, the the gender bias to what they see. But also it's actually quite hilarious that 
the world believed that for so long because it doesn't really make any sense when you well, think I about think it. Because women, does. women are the only ones who can actually propagate the species. So yeah. you you can't you physically cannot propagate the species without women. Yeah. So of course they'd be fucking anything that moves, surely, <laughs> if we're talking about evolution. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I know. It makes no sense. Uh, but I you know, I think that is still the prevalent thinking today yeah but it's i think it's wrong. starting to shift but i still think uh, your your most people like your average person will still think that that is yeah. largely true yeah they're fucking knobs if <laughs> anyway men are guided sometimes misguided by a different missile I won't lie, I saw this beautiful woman once at a Van Gogh exhibit. I put a bandage over my ear, told her I nicked it in a prior life. Whatever gets you there? Am I proud of it? No. Does it work sometimes? Yes. And women expect men to make moves. They expect us to launch that first offensive. That's why God gave us the missile to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Having said that, both sexes pretend at the beginning, men and women. We all pretend to be what the other wants to see. It's part of the mating dance. Did Kevin Noir go too far infiltrating her chat room? Maybe. But he believed the thoughts he shared with her just the same. He was genuine in how he felt they connected. And remember this. Remember this. Remember this. And John gets up going, he's forgotten. And Rachel's like, <laughs> I am not! <laughs> and the judge is like, Mr. Cage. And he sits down. And Richard goes, Kevin Noir really fell for her. When they went to bed, he was falling in love with her. And he didn't leave the next day, did he? She broke it off. Kevin Moir, he was in this for real. With a lot of guys, it's only about sex. Kevin Moir was in this for real. And then there's a shot of Paula's face looking really troubled. Yeah. Like, she's like, mm, I don't know what I think now. Yeah. 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 Well, bear with. Wait to get to retrial. <laughs> So back at Cajun Fish, Nell is walking with her hair down, looking very beautiful, but unsure. Um, like, she's like, I don't know if I should be doing this. Um, but then she kind of puts on this sort of act and tosses her hair as she come, sees the IRS dude and is mm. like, oh, sorry, uh, my client is convinced you think he's a criminal because of, you know, river dance. <laughs> And the IRS guy, guy's like, well, he certainly didn't help sell it. And, and Nell's like, well, and I don't know how I can, except to say that I know he truly believed he was complying with the code and it is subject to interpretation or otherwise you wouldn't even be taking these meetings. And then she kind of brushes her hair behind her ear. Unless you had some secret crush on me. I'm sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> and he goes, Miss Porter. She's like, call me Nell. I'm better at taking bad news on a first name basis. And he's like, I haven't given you any bad news. And Nell's like, really? Oh, I had a feeling about you. And he goes, yet. And she's like, oh. I know I can't change your mind. I just really wish you could know George. He's a good man. And the IRS is like, if he agrees to pay the tax, I won't ask for a penalty. And Nell's like, it's the interest that's the killer. And she's just being like mildly flirtatious yeah. with him. That scene cuts out there, but then we see Nell entering her office again where George and Ling are waiting. Mm. And Nell's like, no penalty, no interest. You've got 120 days to pay. She's really happy that she's managed to swing it for him. And George is ecstatic. 
ecstatic yeah. and thanking her and he goes towards Nell to hug her and she looks horrified and squeals and Ling's like behind him and then he wheels around to Ling and goes and you too and Ling's like don't you dare hug me <laughs> and George is like oh, I gotta tell my wife thank you thank you and he kind of leaves really happy as Nell just looks super traumatised and Ling hands Nell a tissue and is like what did you do and she's like well just what you said I let my hair down and played the little victim and sent the slightest of signals that underneath it all I might be attracted to him between that and the hug I should shower <laughs> anyway <laughs> so then we're in the unisex and Ali is at the sinks and Nella's come in looking distressed and starts sort of washing herself at the sink um, and Ali asks her what the matter is and Nell explains that it's just a little sweat I'm allergic <laughs> I'm like now you're allergic yeah, like, like I think you're not allergic your mind. you don't like yeah. it um, and she asks Ali about her case asking if it's over and Ali's like well the jury's out and Nell's like Ali seriously do you really equate that with date rape and Ali's like yeah the guy lied and George has come in and gone past them both to the stalls. And Nell's like, yeah, and that's the first thing a girl learns. Guys lie to get them in bed. And Ali's like, are we supposed to just accept that? Hey, guys lie, get over it. Georgia has paused at the stall door and kind of gives her a dirty look. Yeah, and Ali, dirty Ali look. happens to see it in the mirror yeah. and turns around and is like, excuse me, Georgia, could you please stop doing that? And Georgia's like, doing what? And Ali's like, looking at me like that. Now I'm happy to go someplace and talk. And Nell's just like watching them. And Ali continues and goes, but the looks and the attitude, well, it's getting old, okay? And George is like, oh, it's getting old, a week. And that's the thing, I'm just like, Ali, like, does it, I am, does it not occur to you that maybe you fucking deserve this? For at least a week. Like, just... Ali's like, see, that's what you do. You just start these hanging questions. Say what you want. And Georgia's like, this is what's getting old. And she goes to walk out and she bumps Ali's shoulder again on the way past. And as a reflex, Ali just pushes Georgia and goes, the back. stop bumping me. And Georgia's like, don't you push me. And this ominous music starts in the background. <laughs> And Ali's like, don't you push me. And Georgia walks up to her and shoves her <laughs> so that Ali, like, almost loses her balance. backwards, yeah. And Nell is just there, like, not sure what to like, do. Uh... Just watching them. <laughs> and Ali's like, oh, okay, okay. I guess I should just say, okay. And Georgia's like, <sighs> And Ali looks down and then she just screams <laughs> and lunges at her, knocking Georgia to the ground with her hands on her shoulders. <laughs> And they're kind of grabbing and wrestling on yeah, the ground. Yeah. And Nell runs around to try to break it up. And she pulls Georgia off Ali. But then Georgia, Georgia turns on <laughs> Nell and, and slams her into a stall door. Nell then jumps on Georgia's back as Ali is picking <laughs> herself up on the ground. And tries to get Nell to let go of Georgia, who she now has in a headlock. <laughs> and Ali grabs Nell's hair and then they all three fall over in a pile. Yeah. As Link comes, Link comes in. in and she just immediately goes ah! <laughs> it's so fucking funny as everyone is grabbing everyone's hair and then Elaine comes in with a camcorder <laughs> as they all kind of move in this like you know they're like, like crashing into well, the they're like cubicles. this entwined group and have you heard of a rat king 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. like that. But like a, a lawyer king. Do you know what I mean? They just made like one mass. They're like moving into each other. They're like slamming into the stall doors again yes. and then back onto the floor as Elaine is like gleefully filming. <laughs> and Annie manages to break away from the racket. She like scrabbles <laughs> underneath yeah. the cubicle door. She slides door. up the inside of the stall and she climbs onto the, the top, top and, and like, like a wrestling leap. She's like, <laughs> and slams them all to the ground. And they're all writhing on the We're ground, scrabbling lashing each other, out at yeah. each other as Billy, John and Richard burst in to break it. Like pull them apart. Billy grabs Georgia off of Ali, like, what the hell? And Ali's like, Nell started it, and Nell's like, what? And I'm I like, what? <laughs> I was like, Ali, it's truly the fucking worst. Like, it's never her fault. It is never ever her fault. I just, my God. Ali goes, Georgia and I were fighting by ourselves, and you turned it into a brawl. And I was like, what? <laughs> And then Georgia just turns to Ali and goes, Ali! And, and she like, her forehead. Yeah, and yeah. Ali's like, what? And, and she, Ali touches her forehead and feels blood. And she's like, oh, great. And then he's like, did you get blood on me? <laughs> I guess this is why women shouldn't be allowed in the workplace. I know, right? <laughs> so, new scene. Ali's getting her forehead tended to by a nurse at the hospital who's saying um, it doesn't look too deep. She doesn't think she'll even need stitches, but let's have another doctor look at it. Um, and did we get your insurance? And Annie's like, yeah, you made 1,100 copies. And John comes in with a stuffed animal parrot. <laughs> Richard yeah. is behind him with a balloon. And Annie's like, oh, hey, yeah, I'm okay, I'm okay. Did the jury come back? And Richard's like, we settled. My side won. And John's like, you didn't win. And Richard's like, we settled for nothing, which is as good as a win, John. And John's like, you didn't win. And Annie's like, we settled for nothing? What happened? And Richard's like, my closing that part about Kevin being in it for real and Paula and Kevin arrive in the doorway yeah. and Paula's like, it convinced me. It got Kevin and me talking and Ali's like, you're back together. And Paula's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, no, it's good, I guess. And Richard's like, well, the problem is we can't take a contingency on bliss. We'll have to work something out. And Kevin's like, my father will pay the fees for both sides. And I'm like, thank God for rich white boys. <laughs> and their fathers, yeah. Um, Richard goes, splendid, love wins out then. And Paula's like, I'm really sorry for not listening to you. You were right. You were right, Ali, about love. And Ali smiles. And then Greg comes in, all business-like, because everyone's forgotten that Greg's a doctor and works <laughs> at the hospital. Um, um, he tells everyone to clear out. Um, and Ali is shocked why I don't know because she must know that she's at the same hospital that Greg works at but anyway they stare at each other and Richard is in the way um, and Richard's like it's no trick she's really hurt and Greg's like everybody help please and they all leave and um, Richard and John kind of hand the parrot and the balloon to Greg and the parrot squeaks and he just puts them down and closes the door um, and Annie's like I've been beeping you and Greg's like yeah I know and he says what happened as he's like looking at her yeah. head and she's like, oh, Georgia and I just got into a fight over my stuff. And Greg's like, oh, you and Georgia aren't best friends? And Ali's like, we hit a bad patch. And Greg's like, well, the good news is I can butterfly this. Um, and Ali's like, Greg, I'm sorry. I really, I just... And Greg's like, hold still. And he puts a butterfly stitch on her forehead. And Ali's like, you know, Greg, I just represented these two people who loved each other and then sued each other. And while the jury was deliberating, they reconciled. And now they're back together. People 
me getting cut in a fight with the wife of my old boyfriend who I kissed, putting me in the hospital to, well, people get back together in the strangest of ways. And Greg's like, Ali. And Ali's like, oh God, don't tell me I'm a great lady. That's what you said when you went to Chicago. <laughs> the goddamn arrogance. I wish Greg had turned around and been like, the thing is, Ali, I was wrong. You are not a great lady. You are the shittiest lady I have ever met. I'm just like, the nerve to think that... The nerve. <laughs> to, think, to think that he would still describe her as a great lady. Like, you... What planet are you on? Well, quite. But Greg goes, I don't know what your kissing Billy says about you and Billy, but it does say something about you and me. And I don't really need to tell you that, do I? And Ali's like, we're done. And Greg's like, not quite. You need a tetanus. And Ali's like, is that all I'm going to get out of this relationship? A tetanus shot? And Greg whips off the needle, like, from his mouth. Yeah. And I was like, that's very sexy, but possibly not hygienic. (laughs) (laughs) And Greg's just like, roll over onto your side, please. And Ali kind of rolls her eyes and rolls over. And Greg's like, you'll feel a pinch. And Ali's like, no doubt. And he does the shot. And she's like, ow. You can see, even though it's like, he's in like the background and it's a bit blurred. Yeah. You can see him smiling. (laughs) I'm just like, good for you, Greg. (laughs) I'm not surprised Greg's like, I am done with this bullshit. Lucky escape. Completely, completely. So yeah, so Vonda then starts singing a song called Wrong Number by the Neville Brothers, which is the only song in this episode, which is strange. Yeah. Unusual. Um, But we get a montage ending of a close-up on a phone, and Ali is in her pyjamas with ice cream, um, and she's kind of screwing up her face and sort of wincing. I guess she's sort of sore from all of the wrestling. Um, And then Renee comes out in a silky dressing gown with David Mark II, and they (laughs) basically swap. So Renee goes back to her bed with the ice cream, and Ali dances with David in the living room and kind of wiggles out her hip because it's stiff from the wrestling. <laughs> um, and that's the end. And that's the end of that chapter. Retrial. Go on, em. Do you want to start? <laughs> I think this is another one of those cases that conflates all the issues. Yes. Right? So, um, well, what, so yeah, I have, um, I have a, another reference to my favourite Australian soap, Neighbours, that I would like to bring up. So there was a very... Unmissable drama. Unmissable drama. (laughs) Um, So there was a recent storyline earlier this year where, if you watch Neighbours, you'll know this. If you don't, it just just doesn't really matter. You don't need to know their names. But Toadie, um, who uh, is a long-standing character. I remember him, yeah. He slept with the identical twin of his ex-wife who was pretending to be his ex-wife, who we previously <laughs> thought was dead, but pretended she'd risen from the dead. It's a soap opera. So, in my view, and in the view of a lot of the people that watched it, that is a form of rape. When you are impersonating someone else, yeah, right? Okay, and yeah. Pretending to be someone else, and then getting someone to sleep with you. Like, lying and pretending that you are someone else is a form of rape because you've ha- you haven't consented to having sex with the person that you thought you had. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's like not a crackpot notion, and it probably shouldn't be treated with one like one. However, 
this case was not that. No. Um, what this dude did was just like, a, in my view, it's a slightly more extreme version of Facebook stalking someone. Yeah. Which we don't find weird at all these no, days. No, we don't. I mean, yes, it's bad that he impersonated someone else to get in. But when she had sex with him, she did know who he was. And I'm kind of annoyed because it makes a mockery of the first type of situation that I'm talking about. Yeah, which, I mean, the, the thing is with the, the um, neighbour storyline, has that ever happened? Have people this... had sex with someone who pretended to be someone that they're not? Yeah. I think it has happened. Because it does feel... Not, not in that, like, those Because I'm just kind of like, yeah. this feels just like a complete hypothetical scenario that has been created by soap operas that, that has never actually happened. Well, I don't know, but I feel like, hypothetically, if it did happen, I wouldn't be averse to putting that in the same category as a rape. Because yeah. you've forced someone... You've duped someone into having sex with you, consenting to have sex with you, when they're not consenting to that at all. No, It's something no, else. No. Yeah, no, yeah. But this is not that. No, this a- is absolutely. Nothing. But I feel like they're trying to put it in the same bracket as yeah, that kind Yeah, and of I'm thing. just like, no. It's I, I, As soon as we got into it, I, as to what was actually yeah. happening, I was like, well, th- yeah, this is a mockery of what date rape actually is. For sure, yeah. And it's insulting. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. this is not date rape. No, I feel like this woman felt annoyed that he lied, which is fine, but you can't sue him under date rape. That's not... No. Just because you're mad at him. Yeah, like, be but, mad at him. But I don't, I don't understand why she's even mad at him, because I'm just like, yeah... I mean, the, the I'd just be like, oh, it's a bit weird to... Uh, the only thing I find weird is that he impersonated well, being a woman... Well, I would imagine because the chat on, room on the was chat women's room. only... Yeah, so it's a violation of privacy. Pretend. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. It, it's kind of like a violation of privacy. Yeah. Which, which... But the reasons he's done it to be like... If it was me, I'd be like, you weirdo like but like in a kind of like oh you did that in an effort to try and get to know me because you wanted you were interested in me like he volunteered the information that you've done it she hasn't discovered it exactly like he was just like he didn't want to continue like he obviously liked her and didn't want to continue the relationship with her not knowing that that's how he connected with her yeah um and so volunteered that because for, for admirable reasons he wanted to like be have honest. it all be honest and have it all out and, in the and open. also it's just like I, I I think I would find it endearing yeah I weirdly would. endearing yeah like it, it would also weird, make me but think, it's endearing and it also make me think um probably more about the fact that you don't know who anyone is on the internet certainly in the late 90s yeah like it was very easy for people to hide behind it still is now but you know yes completely maybe be a bit more savvy yeah and and i just yeah so i just feel like to turn around and be like well i feel like you raped me no i'm just like girl it's just catfishing, a very, very like, mild form of catfishing, which is not, not, but 
but it's great, but, but it's, it's not against it, the law. I don't know that. Is it even because catfishing? Oh yeah, catfishing is more when you are online and you're pretending to be in a relationship with someone when you're not that person, right? Like, I guess the conversation he was having as this woman online with the female identity with her, so that he could elicit. Yeah, that 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 was all that that was all just like reconnaissance. Like it was all just like uh, data gathering. Basically, it was just like going undercover to to understand. Like what we would do now. Yeah, Facebook. If I was going on a date with someone now, the first thing I would do is look them up online. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And that's, try to see and, what, and that's what's a what. standard thing that most people do. Yeah, and and I think like it's it's weird. Yeah, for for like that that's all he did. Like in terms of you know, he, I, I, I just think it's like a completely ridiculous yeah case. Yeah, and I just I, I do think it's insulting to yeah. actual yeah date rape. Like I, I just. Agree. Ugh horrible yeah okay so i guess we find in favor of the defendant yeah completely and order the plaintiff to pay damages (laughs) for this ridiculous shit show this charade charade verdict of the week the jury's back i want to find richard and john guilty for being bad bosses like i just think so irresponsible horrible bosses yeah horrible bosses like i do like you have made what is not a great situation so much worse Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. stoked that Mm -hmm. like you you were like yeah let's let's like proper you know shit stir this even the shit is already stirred but we're gonna stir it just a bit more Mm -hmm. like it's so Mm -hmm. irresponsible Mm -hmm. and i just i hated what John did to Georgia yeah. in court. I really hated it. Yeah. I thought it was so out of line. Unacceptable. Beyond the realm of acceptable. Like, just, ugh. Awful. Yeah. Not cool. So, I didn't like any of the bitchy catfight themes in this episode. Um, not because I think Georgia is not, um, as we've discussed, not because I don't think Georgia's just hate towards Ali is unjustified. It's not. Mm. It just, to me, smacked too much of the trope of, ooh, girl and girl and girl. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. And Billy just sailed under the radar (laughs) like he always does. Yeah. And I was like, why is no one fucking punching Billy in the unisex? So I'm giving Billy a guilty for causing all of this shit in the first place. (laughs) Because I'm not letting him get away with it. Someone's gotta give him what for. <laughs> I want to pull Billy out of my TV screen by the hair and call him a stupid little bitch. <laughs> Throw him away. But it's because he knows that if he's gonna, um, he's like those if he's slimy gonna... politicians that always manage to land on their feet. Yeah, but he knows that in order to do that, he has to walk around with his tail between his legs for a while. Yeah, but I, it's just fucks me off it fucks yeah. me off because some of the most evil people on the planet that's how they get away with shit yeah yeah no and so i'm not doing uh, he's guilty 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 yeah and i will keep bringing it up <laughs> i 
So there. Cool. Well, I was just worried that you were going to give Georgia a guilty. Oh, no. So I'm glad that you're. No, I mean, yeah. I've said all along. I don't think Georgia's anger is unjustified in the slightest. Yeah. I just, I don't. I think Billy is like in the corner, hoping nobody's going to notice him, and I'm like, I know just you. like. The, I notice the, you. The I remember. Chaos will just happen above yeah. his head. Yeah. 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 Fair yeah. enough. So. Yeah, what a time of it we're having in Cajun Fish at the moment. (laughs) I do not remember how this all pans out towards the end of this season, if everything is, continues to be so kind of fractious in the office or not. No, I can't remember either. Um, I don't know what their end game is, so I'm excited to find out. Yeah. I would love to know what you guys all thought of this episode. It was, um, I feel like, quite a... It was. It felt like a. Apart from Billy and Elaine, who didn't have a lot to do, it was quite no. fun to get all of Cajun Fish involved in. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Um. So, what did you think? Um. You can let us know. We are on Twitter at Bygones Podcast. We're on fa- Facebook. Search for Bygones Pod. We are on Instagram at Bygones Pod. Did I say Bygones Pod for Facebook? Yeah, Just, you did. I mean Bygones Podcast. Whatever. Just search for us. We're there. We'll pop up. I'm sure. Search for us, we'll pop up anywhere. Um, or you can email us, um, bygonespodcast.gmail.com. If you really love us, you can become a Patreon um, and pledge some money for as little as $1. You can get uh, early access to episodes, and then the more you pledge, the more fun we have with you. Not in a weird way. <laughs> um, in a in a appropriate way. Very appropriate, <laughs> above-board way. So yeah, until next time, bye bones! Every time the telephone rings, I hold my breath, hoping that it's you, I'm scared to